Welcome to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online at WRQK.com. That's where yesterday's podcast is. If you missed that, go grab that. Not now. Listen to this show, and then, you know, when you're done, be like, you know what? Not enough Stansbury. Need more. <laughs> Need more. Go to the website. Grab that. We'll also pass out some Sammy Hagar tickets this morning around 8.30. We'll do that. Sammy's playing the Hard Rock. He'll do so October 17th. We'll get you in. Just played you a little kiss to start the morning out. Uh, they announced, I guess yesterday, I didn't even see it, but I guess they announced yesterday, they're done. January kicks off the last kiss tour. That's it. Nah, they're full of crap. Okay. They're full of it. <laughs> no, they're full of it. Now, these guys have already said, Paul and Gene have already said, now, dude, when we're done, we're going to find two guys that look like Paul and Gene, dress them up in the outfits, and get them out there. Right? Which, okay. That's when I stop going. When Paul and Gene, dude, Ace and Peter, you want to get rid of the, you want to do other stuff there? That's fine. Once Paul and Gene are not on the stage, your boy's out. I'm the biggest Kiss fan there is, and I'll be out. Like, out at that point. Now I say that, but if they play right here, if they played the Palace, they'd probably go. And, and, and is it supposed to be like these characters are bigger than these yes. artists? Well, is that's that, what Paul always okay. says. Okay. He's like, dude, we created this thing that's bigger than me. He's like, it's not me. It's, we've created personas. And, and he, he's like, it's like Han Solo. Another dude w- went in. They, that's how they make it out. It's like they're movie characters. In wrestling, it's called kayfabe. I don't know what Kiss calls it. but What's, that, what's kayfabe? It's like the concept of this is, this is real in the sense of like... We're pretending it's real, pre- although right. not, not wink, wink. Right, okay, right, right. Breaking enough. that fourth wall. You know okay, how like there, th- there's, there's that. And... I don't know how I feel about that, but I kind of like that concept of like Kiss is bigger than Paul, it's bigger than me, it's bigger than anyone, and that this must always be perpetually moving forward. Well, we here's, cannot stop the show. Here's what I like about it. I like it. Find me another band that could do it. I don't know if you can. I can. mean, gimmick's part of it, and that helps with that. Also, I might be looking at it the wrong way. You put four 25 year olds out there, and they sound good, they look good, and the show gets real good again. Right. Now, I want to go. I'll go see this tour. Right, okay. they're my all-time favorite band. I'm gonna go. If they're gonna say they're gonna pull it off the road, even though I got shirts from the last three farewell tours, but if they're gonna pull it off the road, then then I kind of want to be there. But here's my bitch, and this is dude. This right here explains why radio stations play what they play, because I'm pissed because they're not gonna give me my tour. I went, dude. I've seen Kiss 13 times. I've given them more than enough money, and I've went to all the tours you want to go to, where they have to play all the hits. But, dude, if you're going to come off the road for real, give me my tour. Get Gene up there singing Not for the Innocent. Get Paul up there singing Tonight You Belong to Me. Give me my tour. I've been a fan for 40 years. Give me my goddamn tour. But they won't. They won't. It'll be the hit parade. And yeah. that's why. Why? Because you'll go then, which is why the radio station plays the songs it plays. It's why network sitcoms always set up knockdown, because then you'll watch it. Yeah, you can't ever program for one person. You know what well, I mean? You'd no, like to. Not one person, but a lot of KISS diehards want the tour I want. And I thought it maybe, you know, dude, if you're going to be done and you're going to go away, make sure your diehards get something. Like, give me a give me a show full of, like, not B-sides, but, like, yeah, a little, little bit of B-side and a little, like, anti-hit. Give me the songs that we think are hits that the public does not. Give me a few of those. You'll be lucky to get one of those. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, not like, a lot. One perf- not, not one show. You're never going to get, like, oh, hey, this is the, the real fan show. You might get, like, that one song where it's like, all right, hey, it's our last time out here. We'll play this. But you're going to get, I did. it's going to be Hit Parade because that's. Like, when I went and to. saw them on, I think it was the Revenge Tour. Like, they opened that tour. With Creatures of the Night. And I remember sitting there, like, as a diehard fan, like, oh my God, dude, that's cool. You guys haven't played that in forever. Like, so that was kind of cool. 
Yeah, we're actually playing Dr. Love a little later today when we talk about this again. I, uh... We're I, actually doing that. Dude, I really do like the idea of New Kiss. I do. Big, I know big, I know that's crazy, but... Bigger than the band, is big, what you're saying. Bigger than the band, the band bigger than the artist, that Kiss has to continue into the new era. Okay, let's move it into era. your arena. Okay. New Hulk Hogan. You still like it? Um... Maybe not. I mean, that's a character. Well, yeah, for sure. But like, I guess if you put Ultimate Warrior, then it's going to be mm. a little bit different because you're covering the face. I mean, if you're trying to kind of hiding it, right? Okay. If you're trying to call somebody something, yeah, I would, I would, I mean, certainly be okay with that concept. I mean, does is there a ton of room for that to fail? Of course. And am I like, oh, it's a guaranteed success? No, 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 no not at all. But I think the idea is cool. Of like, we go back out there, we still play some of these classic hits. We try to probably come out with new music, new albums, new stuff like that. I feel like that's a winning, or at least has potential to be a winning idea. All right, I have to shift gears here. Okay. Before our vacation, I had said, I just want a social media break. Okay. Just give me a break. Okay. So I deleted all the apps off the phone for that week. I slept great. I spent a bunch of time with the new girl. That was really fun. And I got like recharged. And already I'm back and now to being like really bummed out about the social media thing. And it's not the fact that people like kind of want to talk trash to me. That's fine. Right. But then this thing really did bother me yesterday. So. Fantone and I are both a little charitable, right? And I, um, I, I don't know, for some reason, I, I, I saw something on my Facebook page and it was like, all right, dude, donate some money. Like, it's been a little while since you've done something. Dude, donate some money. So I donated. It wasn't even very much. It was $25 to a charity we believe strongly in. Okay. Right? You and I believe uh, very strongly. I, 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 Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. That's who I gave my money to, right? We do an event with them every year. And so I gave them some money yesterday, and I just wanted to feel good about who I was. So then I went shopping, and I went to the store or whatever, and I'm pulling out of the Walmart up there on Tusk, and I see a guy, and I know what you're going to tell me. I'm not Phantom, but I know what other people are going to tell me. He's lying. The guy had a sign that said homeless veteran. He got me. I gave him a $10 bill. Right? I felt great. And so I just went online. I said, hey, man, donated somebody to a charity I believe strongly in. And I also gave a guy who was asking for change. I gave him a $10 bill. I felt great all day. You would, too. Now, you know, Fantone, as being a charitable person, what's going to happen when you tell people that? A, a lot of them are going to feel attacked because, oh, my God, I don't do stuff like that. He's attacking me. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm talking to the people who might see what I did and go, oh, you know what? It's been a little while since I've done that, too. Let's make sure we get that done. That's all I'm doing. I'm not attacking you. And if you feel attacked, that says more about you than it does about me. Whether you realize that or not, it really does. And then you saw this. You know he's just going to go buy drugs. Okay. Maybe he is just going to go buy drugs. Let's say he just goes and buys drugs. Here's what I know. That dude who had to wake up yesterday and go sit outside of a big box store and beg and ask for things, his life's harder than mine. My life's easy. My life is super easy. That life is really, really hard. And if easing that pain by buying a bottle of Mad Dog or whatever the hell he's going to buy with it, then so be it. Here's the other thing about this, and I used this yesterday as an example. I overtip waitresses too. A lot of them are buying drugs with it. Nobody's talking about that. No, he's talking about that. Don't be so judgmental. Like this woman said to me, she goes, I've seen enough intervention to know where that money goes. You mean to easing pain? And intervention screwed this country up because it makes you all think you're, you know, like addiction, like experts now, just like how people watch Bar Rescue and think they can save bars now. You're a joke. It's a reality show. That's entertainment. Don't bring, don't come to me with intervention. Intervention screwed this country up because, oh my God. Yeah, it screwed it up. I don't understand this. Why do you, like, I can only 
surmise that if you are upset of somebody being charitable, it's because it's po- it's holding a mirror up to your face and you realize you're not doing it and you feel as if you're being called out even though that's not what I'm doing. I think a lot of people feel that way about a lot of things in life. Anytime that you show yourself doing something virtuous, doing something decent, doing something good, and whether that's, you know... Uh, being charitable, being, you know, working towards your health, helping other people, doing things like that, you know, people are are automatically going to come at you as if you are doing that in a self-serving fashion. Well, I am a little. I wanted to feel good. Well, and I guess that's where the problem is for those people, is that they feel No, I don't think that's where that problem is. I think that's what they're going to tell me their problem with me is, but I don't think that's real. I mean, but that's not, I mean, that is not a new concept. You know what I'm saying? That that wasn't invented with Twitter. That wasn't invented with Facebook. No, 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 it was not. You're right. The concept of doing good in the dark and doing good silently and not taking credit for things and being humble about things has existed, I mean, since biblical times. I'm stuck in the middle there because I do kind of like that, but our buddy Ricky, who started Rake, random acts of kindness everywhere, he'll tell you, dude, if I had that mentality, this would not be a movement. This would not be a nonprofit. Like, you got to tell people what you're doing. Otherwise, they're never going to be inspired to do it. He's like, Dan, you have an extreme amount of influence. You should absolutely be using that influence for good. And you know what? I was like, you know what? You're probably right. I probably should. Now, are, I mean, are both things kind of true there in the yes. sense of are you are you doing things because you feel like that'll that'll help serve others? Sure, but you're also doing things for the pat on the back. And I guess whichever one you want to focus on is probably what your attitude towards this is going to be. I personally feel like the world would probably be better served if more people were loud about the things that they did well in life. And not like in a braggadocious way, but in like a, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is, you know. In a similar fashion, I think online communities would be better if people talked about the things they love versus the things they hate. Yeah, I think as a whole, dude. As a, we that's all, what I'm saying. I love this TV show versus like, this sucks. Right, right, right. I mean, I hate the Big Bang Theory, but I don't spend all day bitching about talking it about because it. it's like, okay, well, what do you, what do you like? That's what, what I'm do talking you want to be about. a part of? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I can definitely agree to that. I just think that people are always going to... Look for look for the flaws in people. Look for the the wrong in situations. I mean, we do it on a regular basis. And if this was if this was somebody being self serving with something that you felt like you cared about, like oh, you're just you know you're just dealing with that veterans organization because you want to look good. You're just dealing with that homeless problem because you want to look good. People are going to have a problem with that. It's just inevitable. It, but only you can make that decision of are you being sincere about it or not. This is. There's no wrong reason to do the right thing. So because if you want to feel good, that guy still got that $10. I didn't have to do that. I and Dude, I'm not rich either. You know what I mean? So like, I don't have to do that. So if I I just wanted to do the right thing, and yeah, it makes you feel... I, I can't be blamed for the fact that doing... First of all, let's say this. I don't think everybody can do the right thing and feel good about it. I don't think that it changes how everybody feels inside. I feel like it changes probably quality people of okay. when you do something well, you feel good about it. I don't know if like a Satanist, when I'm just using terms, don't get you know up and down on me on stuff. But like, you see what I'm saying? I don't know if like a lesser quality person comes walks away with that. But would they have done that from the beginning? I'm saying maybe if you're kind of like forced into it. Um. Well, yeah. Anytime you have forced charity, everything's going to feel for. I mean, nothing's going to feel sincere right. at that point. Um. I, as far as the concept of like spreading things goes, I will agree with you. 100% and you you bring up random acts of kindness everywhere where it's like if you didn't do these things loudly nobody's going to pay attention and like Jesus wasn't quiet bro but it was Jesus not quiet or were his disciples loud 
You know what I mean? And well, I think I that's, I wasn't there. I think that's where people are going to say it. It wasn't Ask Jesus. TMZ. I'm it, sure it, the cameras it, were out. It wasn't Jesus telling you that he did all these things. It was his disciples telling you that he was doing all these things. And that's the fundamental difference. Well, I don't have any of those. I guess, I mean, dude, if people want to start following me around and be like, dude, Sansbury's doing awesome stuff. Do you know what? You grab a trumpet, follow me around, give me some theme music, and announce when I'm doing cool stuff. Here's the thing. You're going to work about two days a year. That's it. It's the easiest job of all time. It's just I knew it when I posted it. And it's like I knew like this. I've seen enough intervention. You don't know a goddamn. Dude, if intervention is your insight into addiction, you don't know an effing thing. You know nothing about it. Trust me. Having multiple ones in my family and having worked with one and had my career derailed by one. Let me tell you, I got an upfront seat to addiction. And America, you know what I'm always saying to you. You're a little heavy looking down your nose at people who do drugs. Put that sugar spoon down, bro, and then you can talk to me about the heroin spoons. Until then, keep your mouth shut about addicts. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come. Come. 069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069. Online for you, WRQK.com. Open the show talking to you about the story yesterday, right? Donated some money, a couple of different causes. One to a credible organization that we work very closely with here at Rock 1069, the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. We do an event with them every year. We're getting close enough to that being the, the thing. It's starting to be top of mind. I donated some of my time there during my vacation, went there and did some things. So it's been top of mind. Something came across my Facebook page, so I donated some money. Then yesterday I went to Walmart, was pulling out of the store. I realized I had a pocket full of money. I don't really need it. And a guy was standing there with a sign that said homeless veteran. Now, if he's lying about being a veteran, that's obviously, I don't know, people are like, you know, they lie about that. Okay, well, maybe. But that's between him and God or him and whoever. It's not between he and I. I'm also not going to be judgmental what he's going to do with, uh, with the $10 I just gave him. It's no longer my $10. I gave it to him. It's his. So you do with, he doesn't get to tell me what I do with my $10. I don't get to tell him what he does with his. And people are asking me this. This is always going to be one of the follow-ups. Well, if you keep giving people everything, they're not going to go work for it for themselves. This is like the welfare thing applied, you know, across to people for change. Now, socially, as far as like economic programs go, I do worry about that, about making people too weak and uh, and, and, and willing to take things versus go out there. But th- we're talking about a 70 year old guy who fought in a war. Like, who's putting him to work? Dude, America throws people out of the office when you're 60. We just do. So what's he going to do? Are you going to hire him? Then give him a job. Then then do that. But if we're not going to do that, that's not the way society works. And you know what? The same people who have saved the troops bumper stickers on their car are the same people who are going to be like, attic and step over people. As the, did you have any idea the, the percentage of people who are homeless in this country who have served this country? I think those numbers would blow people away. I guess when it comes to uh, when it comes to a lot of this here, you can't even do good things. Like that's the world we live in. You can't even do good things. At the end of the day, you're right. It's his ten dollars that you are giving him at that point, and 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 that's his decision to make. If this is the same guy that I think you're talking about, he usually holds his little card up, whatever that card is you get when you leave the military, and it gives you like proof of having. Oh, like a military ID card. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know what it is, but the dude's always holding something up. You could be. This could be another guy that you're talking about here. Yeah, plenty of them out there. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's cer- no shortage. C- certainly no shortage. And like, as far as the concept of 
Well, dude, he's never, you know, you, you got to turn off the spigot because they got to go find their own water. There, there's validity there, but don't act like there's not nuance in the world. Like, yes. let's not act like, let's not act like, oh, well, dude, you give somebody a dollar and all of a sudden the whole thing. It's like, no, come on. You, 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 you're being willfully obtuse about that. Here's the other thing. Sometimes I got to be, I got to remember from which I come. And this is twofold. A, I'm the son of a minister. So, dude, you are just who you come from, right? So there's going to be a little bit of that in me. For sure there is. On top of that, I needed a ride from a friend to come down to this job interview because of how screwed up my life was. Because of some of the bad decisions I make. And, dude, unfortunately in life, if you make a couple of bad decisions, some people are never going to be able to get back up after that. Now, and some people, let's be honest about this, some people start at, 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 dude, in a position in life where they got no shot. And I mean no shot. If you're born to parents who don't love you or don't care about you or, ne- you know what I mean, or are too poor to raise you, like, dude, you, sometimes you, some people are just behind the eight ball so far that pulling yourself up by your bootstraps isn't going to work hard enough or isn't going to be enough to get it done. Now, if your neighbor's just being lazy and laying on the couch watching reruns all day and isn't applying for jobs, that's a pull yourself up by the bootstrap situation. Yeah. I mean, once again, there's nuance in life here. And I certainly, I don't think there's any one thing that more, more than hard work, I don't think there's any one thing that contributes to the success in your life. I will 100% sign off on that, but I'm not also going to get into this mindset of like, well, all poor people just don't work hard because I know poor people who work themselves to death, dude, who have worked hard their entire lives and still haven't been able to get ahead. He's talking so, about himself right so, now. So, so, when it comes, so when it comes down to it, like you, you, you have to make room for common sense there. And I think what this woman's doing, while yes, you do have a point of like, well, you give somebody a dollar, you know, and they're never going to, never going to go work in a job in their entire life. Come on. Uh, come on. Isn't there also maybe the... Now, some people are going to be guilty of that. For sure. Okay? Not up to me to judge those people. That's not up to me. Sometimes I will, but that's not up to me to do that. But isn't there also an argument that maybe if you lend somebody a little bit of a helping hand, it's maybe that last little push that they need? This is what I love about people. You, you'll share a meme to make people think you're nice, but you won't go do the thing. No, no, no. Let's share memes. You know, walk a mile in their footsteps. That's the same kind of woman who's going to share a meme talking about being nice. I go then do it, and, well, he's just a drug addict, just going to spend the money on booze. Here's what I'm going to tell you, dude. Like, have you ever had your life so miserable you feel like you need to kill the pain with drugs? Have you? My guess is no. My guess is no. It's probably just a couple of glasses with wine on Friday night. You know, girls' night. But if your life's ever been, like, down in the dumps bad, let me just tell you. Dude, a little bit of drugs to get through that day, honestly, that's easing pain. And I don't care what he does with it. Sometimes you're just contributing to illegal behavior. You know how much illegal behavior I got going on in my life? What, I'm going to prevent somebody else from doing it? That's pretty judgmental. It's pretty judgmental. Yeah, I was going to say, I've got to use drugs to get through my day-to-day life. It's the easiest life in the world, dude. I do nothing all day. Oh, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, oh, he's just going to go buy this with it. Shut up, bitch, and take your Xanax. Just keep swallowing them Xanax and driving down Tusk. Just keep doing it. You're using drugs to get through your day, too. Quit judging people. Quit doing it. Believe me, I know, you know what? I'm not going to say that because I love judging people. It's fun as hell, dude. Let's be honest. It is. It's fun as hell, dude. But at the end of the day, just try to be decent. Or not even that. That's what I want. You know what? You don't be decent. I'll do it. But then don't just talk trash to me for doing it. Like, I tell Ricky this all the time, the founder of Rake. Like, dude, that's the thing I marvel at that guy, is that he's able to do this every day and deal with people like that, and he still stays positive about it. Like, I'll be honest, you're able to kind of knock me off and be like, you know what, fine. Uh, if, dude, if, if, if this is no good deed and all that, fine. 
And you can like you can beat me down like that. Ricky just keeps coming after it. Just keeps coming after it. But again, we are addicted to Xanax and ice cream sandwiches in this country, looking down our nose at They're people good. who are drinking Mad Dog. Like, you have got to get off your goddamn high horse. Your life is, you know what? No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. As I'm doing it. No, I'm not going to do <laughs> it. Do I just it. spent 10 minutes doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing either. Nathan Zagura suspended eight games. Dude, when I read this story, I couldn't believe it. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. Browns in action tonight. First Energy Stadium. Sam Darnold and the Jets come to town. And this will be good. Right? Because then we'll have an up-close view at the quarterback we almost had. We'll be able to see it. Man, look at that future Hall of Famer we could have had. Are you really calling Sam Darnold a future Hall I of Famer? I have no idea. Okay. You keep, you keep going to this A+. And I'm like, dude, I don't uh, know yet. I think, dude, Sam's going to be an A. For sure he will. I mean, I'm not saying, like, no, could never happen. I'm just saying I don't know. Guys played two games of football so far. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get carried away. <laughs> so I'll just put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put him on the Hall of Fame. Let's not get carried away. I'm not giving him, like, the, the Hall of Fame insurance. Okay. Like, the, the, those guys are boycott. I didn't give him okay. that. He just gets a bust. That's Sam it. Sam Darnold, the first one to get the Hall of Fame benefits. That's before, what's going to happen. Yeah, before he even retires. I'm giving Sam his benefits now. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, give them to him. I don't know. He might throw six picks tonight. Who knows? It's possible. It is possible. For sure. Our defense is pretty good. I think you lose tonight. Isn't Jarvis Landry now hurt? I heard he's not playing. I have not heard that. I do. Oh, not I heard know he was hurt yesterday. That. I don't know we'll for sure. That. We'll check that before the end of the program and make sure you're aware. Phantom's going to look right now, I suppose. Somebody hit me up yesterday. Said, "Yo, dude, Jarvis Landry now hurt." So I don't know what that means. Questionable for practice. Yes, or did not practice yesterday. Questionable today. Mm, he's not ruled out. My guess is if he's able to go, they're probably going to send him out there and, and have him play. But you no longer have Josh Gordon. Everybody, wait till you get God, Josh Gordon back. Oh, okay, well, I waited. <laughs> Look how well that turned out. And now Jarvis Landry might not play. Questionable. So again, guys, where are these eight wins? Where are they? Everybody thinks it's eight. Okay, well, then I, then I start going down the schedule and everybody goes, yeah, you're probably going to lose that one. Yeah, you're probably going to lose that one. But Nathan Zagura apparently was on the sideline during like the 21-18 loss to the Saints. And he was yelling at an official, like he yelled at a referee. Is that what, dude? Am I reading this right? That's what I. Uh, that's what I read it as. Yeah, you can't do that. You're not part of the game. I used to work game day operations for the Browns because I worked at a radio station that was like the flagship station of them for a while. And Munch was like my boss, and he came up to me the one day. He goes, "Brother, homie, I need some help." Okay, he goes. You ever see those guys standing on the sideline during a football game and they're just carrying that round disc? I said, yeah. He goes, that's a microphone. I said, yeah, much. I I got it. And he's like, I need you to do that on Sunday, homie. We're going to put you out there on the sideline. You're going to hold that thing. And it's like, so I was there. And for 25 minutes going to that stadium that day, he was like, it was the don't smoke in the parade thing that, okay. Keith, that okay. Keith Kennedy gave you. It was the don't chew gum out there. They'll be able to hear it in the mic. Don't do this. Don't do that. And definitely, Dan, whatever you do, don't yell at a player. Don't yell at a referee. You're not part of the game. You're there to capture the game for other people. And Nathan Zagura knows this. What's he doing? Like, what an idiot. He's now been suspended for eight games. He's also been like suspended from his like radio job for like two weeks. 
And dude, I don't know if you're talented enough to make it through the other side of this. Um, well, that's a very debatable point right there. I, I mean, I know a lot of people have watched I feel those, like that's you saying no. <laughs> I know a lot of people have watched those Browns pregame shows and just been like, oh my God, what is this? Um, Nathan Zagura, though, is, at the end of the day, a, a, a hired hand for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, he's a shill. There's no question about it. Nobody. He's not trying to be objective in there now. No, no, no. Right, 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 right. He's going in there with that. Agenda. Like, I have to find this positive Brown stories, have to get people hype. And like, am I glad I don't have that? job yes but do i respect that hustle sure dude somebody's got to have that job and like not everybody can translation if you would like to fire nathan segura <laughs> like i think i'm your guy probably good at it screw the charge i'll go work for the browns but 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 at the end of the day and i understand why he, he has that mentality in his life right now of like i gotta protect these guys i gotta protect the browns i have to stand up when everyone else is doubting and everyone else is crapping on him and everyone else is screaming about josh gordon and, and you know all these issues i've got to be the guy i got the battle Flag. I've got to sure. be the guy who puts on that that public face and, and 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 goes out there and promotes the Browns to the best of my abilities. Which, when you're losing, is a very very hard thing to do. And the Browns lose all the time. So, I, like I said, I've got respect for Nathan Zagura's hustle. There's no question about it. But no matter how much you feel like that, no matter how invested in it you feel and how protective of it you feel, you can't do this. You can't yell at an official. You can't be... Dude, even like when you're in like the media section of a game, they tell you you can't cheer. Like They oh, tell you you can't be a dude, part of it. Like, so I've watched a Browns game from the press box. Like, standing behind Jimmy Donovan. Like, standing... And again, Munch was there, and he was the one that got me hooked up with that. And again, walking up there, he was like, dude, you're gonna hate this. He's like, you're gonna love it for the first two minutes, because you're like, nobody gets to do this. It's so cool. He's like, but 10 minutes in, Dan, you're a fan. You want to drink beer. You want to yell. You want to do stuff. He's like, dude, that's what, dude, get down in the 125 section. That's what that's for. And he's like, yeah, the free food. You'll like that. You'll like this. But, dude, you're not allowed to say anything. And that's part of it. And I don't know if if I can make this correlation or not, but I'm going to anyway. Is that, is this a social media problem? Is the clapping back and the I have the right to say things, is it bleeding into life is what I'm asking. Um, I think the... I or mean, did he just get swept up in a moment that could have happened in 1987? Could, could, could you go there? Sure. Do I know that it went there? No, not necessarily. Because you're right. I mean, like... I don't know. This, I don't could, know. this could have happened at any point. And sure. let's be real. I don't know that this is the, 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 the penalty that he was upset about, but there was plenty of penalties to be upset about. Yeah, and you was- see Miles Garrett, you know, go out there and pick up a BS penalty of like, dude, what do you mean? He shouldn't be getting throwing the flag on that or Laying whatever. on top of the quarterback when he tried, right, he right, tried right, to like right. move his body. Something yeah. like that. Something that you feel is just so egregious and so not what football is supposed to be. You get caught up in that moment. But, dude, you have to – you you're a professional in this situation. Yeah. To yell at an official, to cheer or clap or like to be into the game, that's one thing. But to yell at an official to the point where you got suspended, I, that, that's terrible, bro. If that happened to me at the charge, if I wasn't fired, number one, I would be shocked because it's like I deserve to be fired at that time. Yeah, you should be fired. And number two, I'd probably want to quit because I'd be so embarrassed with myself. I'd be so mortified of like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, that's that's what you did in your job. From in our building. The captain says, dude, it's not a social media problem, Sansbury. It's what happens when you put a fanboy on the sideline. And you know what? He's right about this. I've been talking about this a lot recently. The rise of amateurism in this country is a real problem. 
taking dudes who start podcasts in their bathrooms and like then making them professionals is crazy. Now, I don't know Nathan Zagura's history. I don't. So I'm not saying this is him. But we are starting to see this in other areas where the rise of amateurs and then they, they get treated as if professionals and then it turns out what? You don't know how to be a professional because you aren't one. I have zero clue about the guy's credibility I don't know the or guy, anything like I that. I have no idea. He could be a 25-year media vet. I have no idea. I don't care enough about the Nathan Zagura to even look. I mean, I, I just don't know if the dude's a true-to-the-heart fanboy or is this just once again like, dude, that's what you're paid to be. You know what I mean? Like, he is paid to be a fanboy. So uh, is that a job to him? Obviously not. If it got that much personal that he's going to start yelling at officials in the middle of a football game, and I'm sure he feels like one of the boys sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, a little too close he, to it. He knows those guys. I'm sure yeah. they all know him. So a good buddy of mine has a job very similar like this for another team in Cleveland, Andre Knott. Right? Dre and I go back years. And... Dude, they do all kind of stuff to that guy, but he's not there yelling at the third base coach. Right. Like, because Andre is a professional. I'm being told I'm humble bragging all over the place because I'm talking about some of those experiences. And I'm not, I'm just trying to relate the story to you and tell you why you can't do certain things. I'm not trying to humble brag. I really don't think being in the press box at Brown Stadium is anything to brag about. I'm not enough of a fan. If you're enough of a fan for that to where that would be a huge moment for you, it, honestly, I was kind of annoyed. I was kind of like, I don't want to go up there. Munch kind of made me. I'm not humble bragging. I'm just telling you what happened. God, internet. Man, can't get away from it. Some of you are in a toxic relationship. Um, now we're being accused of stealing the yakety sacks from WKNR. Well, that's funny. Since I started playing it about the Browns in 2003 on something called the Maxwell Show, I guess maybe I stole it from WKNR. I guess maybe I did that. Nice job, 19-year-old. Get some, get some history and then come back and then open your mouth. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069. We're online for you. WRTK.com. And apparently humble bragging as often as we possibly can. We'll pass out some Sammy Hagar tickets around 8.30 this morning. 1-800-243-7625. The number you'll need on those. Fantone is in a uh, about a four-year relationship. Just moved in with his... Well, didn't just move in with his girlfriend, but they just bought a house together. Yeah. Uh, so you know what's happening next. Uh, it, you know, probably maybe a puppy ring, kid. It's kind of how that goes. They got cats, so probably no puppy. Puppy last on the list, dude. Last. In, until, until I have kids where I have to like take care of them. I don't want a dog because that's just more of a commitment, dude. Cats are great. You don't have to take care of them at all. You can leave them for forever, dude. They'll okay. be fine. All right. Probably yeah, at the end of the list, though. Yeah, you do things backwards, whatever. You know? And uh, and I'm entering into something somewhat newer, um, and it's going really, really well. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't read this until this morning, but I was actually thinking about this very thing last night on my back patio as we were having drinks. And I was thinking to myself about some of the relationships that I have been in since taking this job. Um, I had one, it feels even weird to call it a relationship, but very toxic situation while I was, uh, while the run of this show had been on. And when it, when it dissolved, um, my mood changed, my body changed, everything changed. And for about a year and a half, my confidence was just rocked, everything. It just, dude, it just, it just, honestly, it took me all the way back down to square zero. It was bad. Dark days of the Stansberry show. For sure. Okay. For sure. And I was talking about this with, um, and again, I don't want to really be using her name, but I was talking about this with her last night about how I can already tell that some of the problems I had in that situation will never arise in this one because you're just a different person. And some of you may be feeling as if you're in a toxic relationship. And if you feel like you are, you probably are. Are you at the point where you guys are talking about past relationships? Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Dude, we like her and I have this thing where we say it to each other all the time. We're skipping chapters. Like we we're moving pretty quick. Yeah, that 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 feels like because even I mean in my relationship I think we moved quick. That was still something you gotta you gotta give some time to before we're ready to like really trade the war stories of of exes. Well, it was a little bit of her friends were like, "Oh my god, that's who you're gonna go out with." Okay. Do you know this? Okay. And do you know this? And he talks about this and like I have been dodging a lot of that kind of stuff, right? Okay. And I've been dealing with that kind of stuff. But I feel as if I've already seen something. Not that there's not going to be problems with her, too. Trust me. I mean, welcome to the you know the opposite sex. <laughs> welcome to everyone. You know, right, yeah, welcome right. to everybody. There's a bunch of drama coming. Okay. But I don't believe toxic things are, all, are, are necessarily right around the corner. Okay. And some of you may be in a toxic relationship, and we have some ways here you can figure out whether or not you are or not. And these are pretty basic, but I always think things are basic. And then Fantone always tells me, yeah, dude, but you're probably a little bit more in tune to stuff than some other people. And so maybe these aren't so much. They say if your parents hate your partner, that that's something you should look at. Now, I know it's standard to be like, nobody's good enough for my daughter. So like there's that, right? And nobody is good enough for your daughter. There is something to be said for that. But if there's a hate issue going on, my guess is most of you were born to parents who want the best for you. I know there's some bad parents out there. Mm -hmm. Some of you are bad parents listening right now. And I know some of you were raised by bad parents. I'm guessing that by and large, most of you were born to parents who want the best for you. I think you could probably take parents out of this and put inner circle in, and then it would really make sense. Ring true to you. Where there's there's definitely some times where, you know, your your crew, your people, the people that you use as like your confidants are going to be wrong about stuff and maybe this is one of those situations but if you've got your mom your best friend you know and and your cousin all telling you like yo this dude's bad news or this chick is trouble every time we deal with this as problems you need to take that as into consideration well sometimes you need somebody on the outside because you're smitten somebody on the outside has got to like look at you and be like are you not paying attention to this like do you not see this you're absolutely right about that another way you can tell whether or not you're in a toxic relationship is is your partner willing to compromise if they're not Things are bad. And I, this has historically been my problem. Well, I always say this in here. I do what I want. I come and go as I please. Spend my money the way I want. I've lived every, I don't need a bachelor party. My entire life's been a bachelor party. It's the way I've always lived. And I don't compromise very well. And I'm starting to do it. And it's hard. Like when you go from doing whatever it is you want, whenever you want to like, okay, well, I guess I got to not do that. And all right, well, we'll compromise this. We'll do that. It's hard, but I'm willing to do it. The little compromises that you, you you decide to make are definitely going to end up being like the foundation of your relationship there where and obviously as you go further down the ladder or further down the rabbit hole, they're going to become bigger and bigger commitments there. But like that's how you build trust is through that compromise of like I'm putting us in front of me. Now that means something different the first month of a relationship versus ten years into a marriage. For sure it does. Yes. But like that those those are what build like those those are what bolster your relationship. We had this exact same conversation. Conversation last night she said well you know that's a big compromise for you and I said to her I said this is what you don't understand like I'm looking at this like whatever makes us work is for me okay like if you're happy and okay. we're gonna be able to make this work out that's for me too this is me me compromising is me being selfish I'm look I want you to in order for me to be as happy as I can be that is where some relationships fall apart or have run into issues is that when you come with the concept of us you really mean them you know what I mean and you forget about your own happiness and it's like well happy wife happy life or is it more so happy spouse happy house where it's like we all need to be in this and gaining something out of this as opposed to me just serving you if If you feel like you're being bullied, that's toxic. And I would agree with that. That's absolutely toxic. Nobody should be bullied in a relationship. 
That's your partnership. You're taking on life together. Like you should yeah. not be bullied by the other one. Now there's, I mean, there's going to be a, a level of like, there's a dominant person in the relationship, but that's not, you don't have to bully somebody. And, and I mean, there's going to be joking. There's going to be like, you should be able to give each other a hard time and be able to do things that other people necessarily can't. But yeah, bullying's obviously bullying out of bounds. is not a good one. This would be big for me, and I would not be able to be with somebody like this. And this is one of the reasons why that toxic relationship I was in broke up. If you feel like you cannot open up to them. I'm an over-communicator. Um, obviously, with what I do, I, I, I've, I, we, again, her and I had this conversation last night. I kinda, she didn't know my whole story. Like She didn't know the whole story. of You know what I mean? And so I kind of gave her the whole story, and I said, you know... Everybody knows all my dark secrets. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I've told them all on the air. So, like, I don't feel like I can't not talk about what's going on. Like, I have to do it. And so, I'm an over communicator. So, if I was going to be with somebody who isn't going to, like, be that for me, be a sounding board for me, or like, if I can't talk about what's going on with me, I, I would go crazy in that. I think we were talking about something that had to do with jobs the other day, but we made the point of like, whether you care or not, if somebody, your partner, is trying to communicate something with you, you have to treat it as important. Like, whether it's something that you think is important or not, I don't care about Karen at work. I don't care about the politics, but she does. And yeah, there's going to have to be, when you have that communication, it has to be sincere on both ends. You, yeah, because at some point, you're going to want her to care about something you're talking you, yep. about, and she doesn't care about tuning engines, but she's going to pretend she does so she can get along with you. So yeah, every once in a while, you're going to have to do that. Here's a big one. And this, this person was totally guilty of this with me, and it's why, we're, why we were never able to make things work. She used sex as manipulation. She totally did. Like, any time it was like I was angry about something and I was right about it, all of a sudden clothes just started coming off. And she, next thing I know, we were just having sex. And I was like, oh, I know what this is. I'm right. And you didn't want to have the argument because I'm right, and you're going to have to tell me I'm right. So instead, here's what we'll do. We'll give him sex. And sure enough, it worked. Worked for a little while, and then I started to wake up, and I was like, dude, this is the only time we have sex is when you want to get out of things. Yeah, whether you're using that as reward or as, like, the – whether you're using it as the carrot or the stick or as, as Either the – Either one. It's yeah, not good. If I, if, oh, well, I'm not going to have sex with you if you keep doing that. I mean, yeah, that's negative behavior, no question. For sure it is. They simply don't respect you, and that's toxic. And, I again, I had this conversation last night. How can you love somebody you don't respect? The answer is – the short answer is you can't. Uh, yeah. You can't. It's impossible. Those two things have to go. Dude, it's like railroad tracks. There's one on each side because that's how the train stays on it. Love and respect are railroad tracks, bro. You need them both. Yeah, I mean, if 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 you think you're in love with somebody but you don't respect them, you're, then you're, using, not. you're using them. You're in you, lust. You, you're right. You're, you've got they're offering you something, and whether that's cleaning your house or taking care of your kids or or sex, whatever they're offering you, that's what you love, not that person. Here's another way you can tell the person you're with is toxic if they're not encouraging you to grow as a person. And again, I hate people like that. If you're like, if you feel intimidated about the fact that the person you're with has ambition or that they want to better themselves or maybe they want to do this, really what that is, is it has nothing to do with them. You feel like they're holding a mirror up to you and you feel less than because you're not doing that stuff. And in reality, what I would tell you to do is instead of getting pissed about it, maybe go, oh my God, I got this great influence in my life. Maybe I could learn a couple of things here. Maybe I'll start doing that. Maybe I'll do that. But again, if somebody wasn't going to be there behind me and pushing me and helping me, then I don't want, I can 
be I can be this version of me by myself. I don't need you for that. But let's let's figure out how to be better. Let's figure out how to do that. So if they're not supporting you in what you do for a living or what your hobbies are, you got to let them go, dude, because they're not the right person for you. And the number one sign that you're in a toxic relationship and this one's easy. And if you got this going on, honestly, you should run. And I don't care what your situation is. I don't you understand. I got kids. I don't care. Your kids are watching you be miserable, dude, and you're setting a bad example. If your partner decides what you can and cannot do, that's toxic. Now, if the, I'll give you an example from my life. You've played golf five times this week. Like, can we just go to dinner? Fine. That's not deciding what I can and cannot do. That's bringing me back down to a little bit of reality. Telling me you can never play golf ever again is telling me what I can and cannot do. Yeah, and there's a difference between like, consulting me of like, hey, I'm buying a new car. This is going to change our financial outlook for the next five years. And hey, let's talk about this as opposed to like asking permission or like granting permission of like, okay, now you can do this. So like a discussion. Yes. Permission. No No. is exactly how I would how I would want to wrap that up. There's actually a husband that I believe I think was maybe trying to do the right thing. But now he's been I don't know. He's they're mad at him and they're, they're they're charging him with a crime for how he was just walking with his wife and now he's in a slew of trouble. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com and sending you to see Sammy Hagar coming up around 830. He's playing uh, the hard rock. In October the 17th there. And we'll get you hooked up. So uh, out of Pennsylvania now, we're a Maryland man. Apparently at, uh, was at some like fair. He was okay. at the Pennsylvania fair. And he's now facing assault charges. And he was just walking with his wife. But police say Walter Wolford was causing his head's wife he was, I'm sorry, he was causing his wife's head, sorry, to jerk back and leave red marks around her throat. Because Walter had been walking his wife around the Pennsylvania Fair on a leash. There it is, okay. 66-year-old man <laughs> says... I was like, what's happening? Okay. Said, he only gently tugged on the leash. I was just... He said, I'm just... I have my wife on a leash because she's going to get lost. I'm just... I have her on the leash, just tugging on it, right? Okay. And... Now, he's claiming that she has dementia and that she'll just wander off. Okay. And so he's like, do you got to keep your eye on her? Like, it's, it's like having a small child. And so, like, I, I, so I get that wives on leash sounds terrible. Like, I do. I get that it sounds awful, right? And if you're 30, it's going to look terrible. But if your wife's got dementia and you're just trying to, like, look after her, is it the worst idea? I mean, it's the buddy system, right? That's what he's doing. He's got the buddy system. I mean, I guess I when you when when I first heard about this story, I did I automatically went to like, well, this has got to be some weird sex thing. This is that's the obvious. I remember, I mean, this must have been fifteen twenty years ago. I was waiting tables somewhere, and these two people would come in all the time together, and he had her on a leash, and like it was just the way that they did things like and there was it was there was strange and we all kind of talked about it we were all like oh my god dude is that really what's happening right here but like that's consensual and that's what you decided to do i didn't realize this was some sort of a dementia problem here and he was doing this not as like you know like as her master or whatever he was doing this kind of as her caretaker that changes things for me that really does 
again, if you just hear something, man walks wife around the fair by leash, you're going to go awful. Oh, jeez. But once you throw in, well, she's got dementia, man, she might take off, and then it's like, well, then he's looking after her. Well, I guess at that point, if that's the case, is it as her caregiver, is it irresponsible of you if you can't keep track of her without a leash? Should you just stay home? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I are you going to run into less trouble that way? Yes, but but if I so now this woman can never go outside ever again because she got dementia. Well, no. I mean, it's not that you can never go outside again, but like if you can't, if it's an if it's in a circumstance, you can go to the park. You know what I mean? You don't need to keep her on a leash in the park. It's 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 in these crowded places. It's stuff like that where it's like, well, maybe this isn't a good. A good fit for you guys right now because of the challenges that you're facing. I don't know, dude. If I if I have to let if I have to let moms into restaurants and let them breastfeed at the table, then this guy can walk his wife around the the fair by a leash. Then stay home, right? If you have to, bre- then stay home. And so that's why I can't do that because I can't, I don't want to do that to, to to women breastfeeding. Even though secretly I wish I didn't have to watch it, but I get that you're out there in life too, and you know freedom's messy. You get freedom too, but I'd rather not have to see it. But that's fine. Do that at the table, but then I can't tell this guy he can't do this. So, I mean, I guess other people are dealing with dementia patients on a regular basis, and this doesn't seem to be a reoccurring theme that, like, there was there was such severe, like... Well, you know what that is? That's being afraid of being judged by doing it, but it's not It's not to say that it's not... Now, here's the thing. Would I have put the leash... See, where he went wrong, bro, I'll tell you where he went wrong, is not that he had her leashed. It's that he had her leashed to run her... F- it's like, dude, tie a string to her wrist, maybe, maybe around the waist, belt loop, something. Yeah, like don't tie it to her body. Like, let's, I mean, do their belt loops? Cer- yeah, certainly not. Certainly not around the throat there. And and if if you if it got to be the point where it was like like you know the police report said that there was yeah, I mean there was like red marks and her head was jerking back and like that kind of thing. That looks violent. So at that point, I mean, that's where you're running into the problem here. It's not it's not the concept of it. It's the execution of it. And it, I guess. And, and when you look at people who, you know, whether it's dementia or, you know, some sort of mental condition or even physical, you know, disabilities that people have, you have to be very vigilant about looking for abuse in those situations because those people often can't report it themselves, can't, you know, stand up for themselves and things like that. People take advantage of, of people in situations like that all the time. Like, like people who work in banks are trained to look for like elderly abuse, like fraud within there where like your grandkids making you keep coming in, take out money, take out money take out money so he can go buy heroin with it so when people and and authorities see you with somebody with a a mental disability here jerking them around by the neck i guess i can't necessarily be shocked that that that, that raised some eyebrows yeah i would have gone with belt loop i you know it wasn't that long ago i was in a store and i saw a couple walk in and he did he had like this woman around a leash and he's like walking around. You could tell by the look on his face, like he just felt like so proud of himself. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, dude, I know you think you look cool because you're a boy, but a man's gonna look at that and go, dude, any chick who would be willing to be put on a leash like that and let around isn't the now. That's not the chick for me. Like I like independent chicks. Like so, I'm not. I'm not down for that. Like I don't want. I don't want somebody who's just gonna like pick up after me, sweep everything in the house up after me. Like I don't want a mom. I want a girlfriend. I don't want a mom. You know what I mean? And like, dude, I look at stuff like that. and I'm like, dude, why would you want a chick you can walk on like that? I mean, different strokes, different folks. Right. I mean, it's just not for me. Yeah. I mean, and I, I guess I can agree with you there that certainly in like a public setting like that, it's like doesn't look good. Right. There's a difference between what you do in your bedroom and what you do in public. But if that's if that's consensual behavior. 
behavior, and that's what you two want to do in your yeah, relationship. Yeah, choke each other out, dude. Do it and do it as as much as you want. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stand in your way of it. Um, but this this there is something about this where it's like it just rings wrong. It's because it was around her throat. And I was, think if he tied a string to her like hand, you'd be like, "Oh, that's sweet." He doesn't want to lose her. It's 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 it was because it was around her throat, and he was pulling on it enough where it's leaving. It's violently jerking her around. Yeah, gang, yank on her, dude. She's not a retriever, right? right? You shouldn't do that to your dog either. To be honest with you, you shouldn't. But so, like, let's not do it to people. If that's the case with your dog, right? You, then, if if you saw somebody treating your uh, their dog like that, pulling on it, yanking it, you'd, you'd probably be pissed. be pissed. So like, if this is happening to Grandma, I, I think it's fair to be like, "Yeah, you probably overstepped your bounds there, buddy." Yeah, Grandma likes to be choked out. That's what. <laughs> She likes the rear naked chokehold. She loves it. She can't get enough of it. All right. I always tell you to start eating better, right? Eat healthy. Turns out, dude, there's at least one store with the produce. You don't want to touch it. That's next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 830, sending you to see Sammy Hagar, that show. October 17th, Hard Rock Roxino. We'll get you in. So before the break, we were talking about this guy who was walking around the Pennsylvania Fair, and he was like, he had his wife on a leash. Now, she has dementia. He wasn't like just like, you know, doing sex stuff he just was like dude i don't want to get lost but the leash was around her throat probably not the best way to go about that right which i find interesting because he was charged now it's because again she has dementia i guess if they stopped a couple and the the woman was like no i put this on willingly we're doing this because i like it like you probably you know don't get in trouble there right so Fantone goes, you know, we're in this commercial break. I got people who are in the building. They got kids because we were talking about, you know, people will leash their kids. And so you went down the hallway and asked a couple of guys who have kids in the building what they do there. And I found this to be a little interesting. The high powered uh, morning show down the hallway, Keith and Tony on WKDD, both children, you know, both fathers, you know, have kids that age or recently were that age. I just asked them, I'm like, guys, where do you stand on the leashes on the kids? And Captain Tony was kind of in step with what I think, that, like, if you're doing it at the grocery store, you're just kind of like a a lazy parent. You should probably be keeping a better eye on your kids, teaching them to act right. But doing it at, like, Disney World, he can see that. He's like, I've never done it. He's like, but I understand you're in a situation like that where there's mass chaos going on. There's people everywhere. And, again, I believe those leashes is, what, a Velcro thing around your wrist? And, like, you right. know what I mean? Like, so it's not like you're not, like, choking your kid out. Or, like, it's a little, like, like a monkey book bag and the tail's really long. And you can you can hold the tail and then, oh, you know what I mean? I've like, never seen those. So, so, so it's not, yeah, it's not like a leash in the sense of, like, you've got, you know, like, like on a pit bull. Like, it's not like you got, like, a, a choker on the kid or whatever. Um, but Keith Kennedy, 98-1 zone right there, he went to full throttle. If you put a leash on your kid, you're an a-hole. Like an a-hole. And I said, dude, an a-hole? Well, and he's like, yeah, you're an a-hole. And I'm like, wow. Well, he's a judgmental bastard. He that, is a that, judgmental that, bastard, dude. That, that no Keith question. Kennedy is? He is. He's a judgmental one, that one. I, uh, all right, I'll be honest with you. It doesn't look good. Leashing your kids does not look good. No. Now, I was a runner. You had to keep your eyes on me at all times. My dude, I, as a matter of fact, you had to watch me in the house. I would just run out the front door and just like take off. Right. Like, so you had to so like my parents were constantly like, Jesus, where'd he go? Right. Now you can't get me to go anywhere. <laughs> Ironically, you can't get me <laughs> can't to go anywhere. Run, that's right. Sure. And you'll never get me running for sure. And um 
So, like, I worry about parents like that because it's like, well, dude, like, kids are, I mean, dude, they have a mind of their own. Like, some, so, because I think sometimes we demonize parents in this country really easily versus, like, dude, what would you be doing in that moment? Oh, yeah. The, the, the concept of sympathy or the concept of, like, accidents have flown out the window where we talked about this story recently where a couple in Canton, their kid fell out a window and everybody, and I mean, everybody immediately went to. Made it to, sound like he threw him out the window. You are the worst person on the face of the planet. You should be dead. And Eric Clapton's kid falls out a window 30 years ago, writes a song about it we're all like oh my gosh tears in heaven that's so sad and it was sad um but sure. kids falling out of a window sad kids do have their own minds especially at that point because like you can look at your 16 year old and say yo you know right from wrong you know you made an immoral decision when you decided to drink and drive and you can you can point at them and say that you can't say that to a four-year-old like you know you know we looked this up once i believe on the show you looked this up once the amount of kids that go missing a day at disney world wasn't it i mean it was mind-boggling yeah like, I remember the number being like, now a lot of them end up being found at the end of the day. So it's not like they're gone forever. But I remember you looked this number up. He's going to try and find it right here. But that I remember that number you gave me that day blew me away of the amount of kids who go missing at a park like that. So maybe what the answer to Keith Kennedy is, yeah, I may be an a-hole, but I'm an a-hole who goes home with my kid. Right? Like, I got my kid. I I got my kid. There there is a little bit of that. And like I said, and I I, I think I agree with what Tony said here, is that, like, you can't use that as your day-to-day, this is how we run the operation. No, through Walmart, you are. You're just lazy. Right. Because at that point, you are. You're just allowing your kid to to act however they want, and hopefully this thing will be the tether that keeps them in in line. But when you're you're in a situation where it's like, dude, if you're taking your kid through a major metropolitan area, if you're going to New York City, hell yeah, my kid's on a leash, right? I mean, like, how how could how could that be an irresponsible decision? I like how you talk about it like it's paste picante sauce. New York City, <laughs> New York City. <laughs> but if you, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, like, you know, my brother talks about this all the time because he has a kid and I don't. And you know, he's like, Dan, people think that you're being mean. It's not. You're just taking care of this thing. He's like, Dan, if that kid it dies, I go to jail. He's like, so yes, I'm going to be adamant about the stuff that I'm doing to make sure she comes home alive every day. I, dude, I would admit leashing your kids does not look good. And I want to judge it as a single person with no kids. But, dude, they have a mind of their own, dude. They're little monsters. They just do what they want. They just do what they want, man. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, you may be an a-hole, but you're an a-hole that knows where your kid is. Yeah, if you're dealing with either a child, an elderly person with dementia or something like that, I can't I, I can't come down on you too hard for being like, I want to make sure that this person is taken care of in public places. Oh, dude, our good buddy Dan Barker right. listens all the time. Good right. dude. He's got a kid. And he says what he and his wife do is they put a tile GPS thing in the kid's pocket when they go to like the fair and stuff like that. I guess I I guess yeah there are the there are these yeah. things now I don't know about tile I don't know how it works I don't know what happens what that's designed for is you put it on your keys and then that way you can say to your phone like yo where are my keys and it'll show you like all right like you're getting closer you're getting closer I believe hey tile corporation but, make golf balls would you the thing that sounds good but for that 15 minutes that you don't have your kid that tile is going to be a very little comfort. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, don't worry. He's got a tile. We're going to find it. We're going to find it. We're going to find it until you find him with, you know, John Wayne Gacy or whatever. I'm too much of a kid to put a kid on a leash, though. Because I'd be walking through the fair and be like, honey, watch this. <laughs> I mean, just, <laughs> for sure I would. For sure I would. Kid just dragging him on the ground. You know what I mean? You dropped the elephant here. I guess I get to have it. Yeah, for sure. I'd be yanking that little kid everywhere I went. My anger issues are too out of control for me to have a, have a kid on a leash. I can't be going with that.
All right, the internet went crazy on a vegan the other day, and they're kind of right. And that's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show, Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Football season is here, and Bell Stores Marathon has all your game day needs. You'll be the MVP for keeping your family and your vehicle game ready. Make Bell Stores an essential part of your game day ritual and get everything you need for a victory in one stop. Bell Stores, keeping your team on full. It's nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Multiple people reaching out to me. Uh, Brandon's like, dude, Dr. Love, nobody ever plays that. Thanks for that. Jill just reached out and was like, thanks for playing Kiss. My 14-month-old is rocking out in the car. There you go. Well, there you go. Yeah, Kiss announced their farewell tour last night when I was busy. I didn't even hear about it until this morning. Um, now, this is the third one they've done. Um, I actually have a shirt that says Alive Worldwide. I was there um, basically like saying, we're done. Uh, here's another one. Thanks for playing Dr. Love. There we go. See, I, th- I should be in charge of this radio station. I really should. Um, and yeah, they're going to go back out on the road. Now, at once upon a time, Paul and Gina said, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to find two guys who can dress up like us. They'll go out with Tommy and uh, what's his name? Eric Singer. And, uh, you know, we'll put Kiss on the road without us. And I've always kind of been like, eh, I don't necessarily want that. Like, as long as Paul and Gene are there, I'm there. But Fantone said this morning, he's like, you kind of like the fact that the band is like, it's bigger than its members. Oh, yeah, you got to do a little all night. I like oh, it. Dude, I know you like it. I know. Off I, of Asylum. I like it. I know how to keep my boy happy. This is a guilty pleasure. Everybody, dude, this, this song's cheesy as hell, but it's so good. This album was good. Two Tears Are Falling. Who Wants to Be Lonely? It's one of my favorite Kiss songs ever. As a God, Kiss, Asylum was so good. As a Kiss super fan, as somebody yes. who really, you know, thoroughly enjoys the band and has seen super them fan. multiple, multiple times. 13. Do you feel like it's a little slap in the face? You know what I mean? Like, okay, so now now, now you're giving me this final tour, and I'm going, and I'm spending the money, and I'm buying the t-shirt because I want this, and then you're going to come back out five years later and do it again? Do you feel a little bit like, well, what the hell, dude? Now nah, I get to see it again. Okay. That's kind of how I feel about okay. it. Okay. Somebody asked me, they were like, dude, because they said it yesterday. I've seen him 13 times. They said, what was your favorite Kiss show? It would have to be... 96-97, the reunion tour with Ace and Peter, because I never thought I was going to see it. I never thought I was going to see that my entire life. And so my girlfriend at the time bought me tickets, and we went. She got me really good tickets. And this is the God's honest truth. When the lights went out and the curtain dropped, I cried. There was a little bit of me, I kind of teared up a little bit. She was like, oh my God, are you crying? I was like 20. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of crying. Like, they're amazing. Like, this is, you have no idea how happy I am right now. They were so good on that tour. As a matter of fact, we went back-to-back nights that night that year and then we went back again in October when they came back but outside of that I saw the first show at Dodger Stadium on the Psycho Circus tour and the Smashing Pumpkins opened up and they came out and did a set as the Beatles then came out and did a set as them and then uh, Kiss came out again this was Ace and Peter they did the Psycho Circus thing they came back out in Dodger Stadium and they did a full-blown circus like in in the field like there was like the bikes in the you know the metal cage and like you know, people on stilts that whole thing. There was a 3D screen that was kind of cool. Being at Dodger Stadium was kind of cool. So like that was probably a pretty good one. But 96, 97, the reunion tour was so they were still very they were still tight then and sounded like a great band. I guess as a fan, you're always going to be like, dude, if I can go to another show or see another game or do whatever there. But like looking at it from my perspective of like things I'm into. You're right. I will always be like, yeah, dude, I'll watch another one. I don't care. But there is a little bit of a slap in the face of like, yeah, it's the final one until the next one. Yeah, maybe we'll do it again. Who knows? I mean, Ozzy just went out on the No More Tours tour two. 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 
too. The second one. And then I heard, said from the stage, I'm still going to tour. I'm just not going to tour every night. I'm coming. See you soon, Cleveland. I heard he had okay. said, look, like I'm still touring. I'm just not going to do a grueling tour. And this is what, dude, actually, my, my girl and I were talking about this the other night. Like, for most people, in a legacy act like this, you could get away with it. Why is Ozzy touring on, like, a Sunday night? Why is he not on the Thursday, Friday, Saturday tour? Yeah. You're old. You're 80. You don't want to be out there playing six nights a week either. People want to have fun and be able to go see you, not have to worry about waking up. Now, Thursday night, yeah, 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 got one more day. Everybody phones in Friday, right? So, like, you do, you play Thursday night, you play Friday night, you play Saturday night. Everybody gets to go. Everybody gets to have fun. You don't want to do 400 shows a year anyway. What's the difference? Yeah, at the, at the very least, a Friday-Saturday tour would make sense. Yeah. And people are going to go. doesn't Ooh. matter. And you can do it, for, you know, forever. I mean, and think about how, like, that'd be a pretty decent life, I would say, for somebody like Ozzy, somebody like Kiss, where it's like, dude, no, we're old, we're tired, we don't want to do this, but you're still cashing those checks every single week? That's yeah, not a bad idea, dude. The Grandpa Tour? They're asking me what my favorite Kiss song is. God, it's so hard. It's like picking your favorite kid. Um... Traditionally, my favorite has always been Black Diamond. I just love that song. King of the Nighttime World's going to be up there. Non-makeup kiss, not for the innocent, off of Lick It Up, which is, I think, Gene Simmons, one of his best songs ever. Who Wants to Be Lonely off of Asylum would be up there, too. But overall, Black Diamond is probably my all-time favorite kiss song. King of the Nighttime World is another one. I love that one. But I like Black Diamond a lot. All-American Man. Yeah, God, I like them all. I can't wait. I already dude, I, uh, I already hit my buddy Corey up. We, we said we're going to go see three shows. It'll be Detroit for sure because it's Detroit Rock City. They always like knock it out of the park in Detroit. I'll go here. I'll go Detroit and maybe New York where it all started. They're a New York fan. All right, let's talk about things you guys care about. <laughs> Ready? Now, now that I emptied everybody out and nobody's listening anymore, now I'll talk about things. Right. What a great system I run, right? It's probably preventing me from being famous. Brown's playing tonight, First Energy Stadium. The Jets are coming into town, and they're bringing the quarterback I think we should have drafted. Now, again, I will reiterate, I do not believe Baker Mayfield is a bust. I don't believe Baker Mayfield will bust. Baker Mayfield will be a serviceable NFL quarterback, but that's what he's going to be. If you think Baker Mayfield's going to turn into Drew Brees, I'm telling you, I think, dude, just dude, settle yourself down. Baker Mayfield's going to be more Tyrod Taylor than he is Drew Brees. This my dude. That's just my prediction. No, I was wrong. I was wrong on Trent Richardson. I wanted Trent Richardson. Turned out to be a total bust. So it's not like I know everything, but I do know Baker Mayfield's undersized, doesn't have a powerful arm, and he plays in the AFC North. That's going to be problematic when we get down to it. When you're trying to win games deep in November, and you're trying, and dude, it, it's going to be a problem. It is. You can say whatever you want. You can pretend it's not a problem now, like you were pretending the offensive line wasn't a problem in the preseason. I kept telling you it was. You kept pretending it wasn't a problem. Baker Mayfield being undersized and not having a powerful arm will rear its ugly head late in November, December for the years to come. I think it's going to be this year because I think they're going to play him way earlier. I told you I thought it was week six. I think that's what it will be. Now, if we win tonight, I know it's going to happen. Everybody's going to jump on me. See, Sam's not that great. Again, rookie quarterback with a questionable coach. Todd Bowles is probably better than, I don't know, he's too defensive-minded. I don't think Sam went to the right place. But I do believe he will have a better career than Baker Mayfield. That doesn't mean Baker is going to fail. 
But I think Sam Darnold's the real deal, and I think Baker Mayfield's a little bit like, ah, you're close. Yeah, I mean, regardless what happens tonight, whether Sam Darnold comes in and throws for four touchdowns, 300-plus yards, or he turns the ball over six times, um, the, the, it's his third game. You know what I mean? Like, we can't go right. anointing these people well, as busts or as Hall of Famers. I don't even want to be know. on Twitter tonight because they're going to be all on me about it, right? So I, so I may avoid that. I haven't, I, I'm probably going to stay up and watch the game. I kind of have to. I, I, I just, it would be almost irresponsible for me to come in here tomorrow and not know anything about it. Tough call. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to walk in here blind tomorrow. The game starts at 8 friggin' 20, bro. Yeah. 8 friggin' 20. Yeah, so what I'm planning on doing, we're playing Jesus. golf. I'm teeing off at 4. And so I may just go home, take a nap, and then go tee off and play at four. And then I think we're going to watch the game at the golf course when we're done. That's midnight done time. Three, three and a half hours of NFL football. You're going to get out of that, dude. That's midnight done time. That's too late, your boy's book. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to take a nap during the day or maybe just take a nap during the game. But, like, I don't know. Somewhere along the line, your boy's got to get some sleep in. Bob's tweeting to me, selling a Drew Brees thinks Baker will be Drew Brees. Yeah, I saw that article, too. But here's what you got to remember, Bob. Drew Brees didn't just come out of the blue and say, man, that Baker Mayfield kid's going to be better than me. They were playing the Saints. And so what does the media do? They ask him. And Drew Brees is the consummate professional. You think he's going to be there like, nah, dude, the Browns kind of overreached at one. No, he's going to sell you on the kid being undersized, how he's going to be good because Drew Brees was undersized and he was looked over. Now, I think you get one of those every once in a while, but the league's already got one. Two, as a matter of fact, they got Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. Asking for a third, I think, is a little crazy. Um, it's like anal. It's like once your wife gives you vaginal and oral, what are you asking for the third for, bro? Quit being greedy. There's probably, I mean, yes, Drew Brees is, you know, a professional guy is going to do things right. Is going to the right thing. Is going to be like, man, that Baker Mayfield, dude, that guy sucks. But at the same time, didn't have to prop him up like that. Didn't no, but, have to. But knows it's the right thing to do. Well, I mean, does he have a track record of doing that with every other quarterback that's been questioned? I don't know. I think, dude, when you when you're being when when they're comparing that athlete to you. The humble thing to do is be like, man, he'll probably be better than me. Where, no, he won't. No, he won't. Yeah, it's a pretty lofty goal there. Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer already, and he's probably going to play another five years, another three, four years. He's a Hall of Famer already. He's won a Super Bowl. I don't see that in Baker Mayfield's future. Well, I guess I don't know where we're going to trade him to. So I guess I don't know. I think Baker will be good. But he's not going to be a Drew Brees. And Bob also says, if he turns into Tyrod Taylor, he is a bust. Yeah, well, that's not necessarily wrong. But I think Tyrod Taylor's a B. And I think you can win games with a B. I think you can get to the playoffs with a B. You may even be able to get to the Super Bowl with a B if your defense is good enough. And if you don't turn the ball over. I think Baker Mayfield will be serviceable, but he's not a world beater. Bucky Brooks is a former scout, former player, and he always says this about NFL players. You're either a truck or a trailer, meaning you either pull the team or the team pulls you. Baker Mayfield's a trailer. He's not a truck. That's just my estimation. I could be way wrong. And for the record, I want to be wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong. But you know damn well as you're listening to me right now, you're terrified I'm right. You're scared to death you're going to turn on that game tonight, and it's going to be obvious. Oh, God, we screwed up the quarterback again. Browns get their ass kicked tonight. Browns get dominated by a rookie quarterback, get beat up, stupid penalties, things like that. Um, Hugh Jackson done. (sighs) I was worried when they hired Todd Haley that was the plan, was to give Hugh enough rope, hang yourself, 
get out, you know, whatever. We'll promote Todd Haley, and then we'll throw in Baker Mayfield, have the fans come back in, reemerge themselves in the season. But if you go down 0-3 tonight, oh, I mean, not technically we tied the first one. They didn't lose. You lost. You know you lost. Fantone's been saying it best all week. Steelers fans feel like they lost in the tie. Browns fans feel like they won. That good, they told you all the difference you need to know in the two franchises. Now, I know Pittsburgh's kind of on fire right now. Yeah, and, they get hard. <laughs> yeah, they and again, hard. this is because the media won't question Mike Tomlin. And why is that? I don't have to lead you down the path. You know what the answer to that is because they can't. Otherwise, they're going to be called dirty words if they do. But he's had Big Ben for ever now, and they have one super. They dude, he dude. The guy is average, average. My, dude, James Harrison came out and called Mike Tomlin out. Said the practices are too loose. We don't have a buttoned-up culture. When I got to New England, you could see why they were better. It's because Mike Tomlin's a rah-rah coach. He's rah-rah. And Bill Belichick's about them playbooks, bro. It's just a different mindset, and that's how you win. So, of course, Pittsburgh's a little bit on fire. Because, dude, that system of like getting guys to buy in and cheerleading and all that stuff, it wears out. It, it does. It wears out. And I think the media has been hesitant to question Mike Tomlin. And, gee, I wonder why that might be. But Antonio Brown saying the other day, trade me, I guess. You can see it on the sideline. So now you got your running back who won't come to camp and the best, one of the best wide receivers in the league now saying, maybe trade me. Now you got to wonder, does Antonio Brown want to come and, and work with Todd Haley? You got to wonder. I, I, I would say no, and the reason I would say well, no. they're definitely not going to trade him to, the, to, to an AFC North team either. Like, it, they're not going to do that. The Roonies are smarter than that. And the reason I would say no is that the Cleveland Browns, or the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm sorry, are dumpster fire right now, and the Browns couldn't beat them. You know what I mean? That really does speak volumes about who you are when you can't beat a dumpster fire. Like, I, Yeah, I'm being told that Drew Brees actually said he would mentor Baker Mayfield if he asked. Right. There were, pro, there were pro quarterbacks who were mentoring Mark Sanchez. How'd that go? Mark Sanchez went to two AFC championship games. You want him? You can mentor guys all you want. You either have it or you don't. Now, I think Baker has it more than he doesn't. But he's a trailer, bro. He's not a truck. And this team needs a truck. My guess, 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 Sam Darnold's a truck. More Stansberry Show and Sammy Hagar tickets up for grabs. That's next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the god of your choosing. Best morning ever. Nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Keeping uh, with the NFL talk as we have been uh, thus far this hour. I heard this this morning, and I get it. You need a wide net. For sure you do. Um, When you're talking the Super Bowl halftime show, you need a wide net because it's not a it's not really a sporting event at that point. It's they know there's Super Bowl parties and there are people who are hanging out at those parties who don't really care about the game. And so you kind of have to give them you got to give them something too because they're looking for the most eyeballs humanly possible. Right. So I guess it got announced was this yesterday maybe that Maroon 5 is going to be the halftime entertainment for the Super Bowl. Now I was surprised by that. Not because I don't think Maroon 5 is good. They're very good. They got a slew of hits. Slew of them, dude. Slew of hits. I mean, just just Hitville. Your girlfriend's favorite band. And so, I get it until I think about this. And I'm surprised the NFL didn't think about this. Maroon 5 had a hard time selling out the hall of the concert for Legends here. I don't think they did. Oh wow! Did that end up yeah. not a sellout? I, I mean, I don't think that was an every every seat filled. So if you're the NFL 
and you're looking at Tom Benson Stadium, putting a stage in there, and they have a problem selling those tickets, are they really the right act for you for your Super Bowl halftime show? I guess a couple things that we have going on there. Um, obviously, Super Bowl is going to sell out, so you're not really looking at them as ticket sales per se. You're looking at them as like... But if they're not a draw in Canton, Ohio, are they the draw to keep people's eyes on it during the halftime show? I'm just, I don't, I'm not saying no. I guess I'm asking the question. Um, I, I, now, you can make that argument with a lot of things in Canton, Ohio, because like to me... well. Kid Rock and Toby Keith didn't sell out, and that's a perfect halftime show in my mind. Of like, you, of yeah, like, that'd be pretty good. Of, of like, and, sure. And I, I also think there's a little bit here of like, and obviously, I mean, you know, I love Canton. I feel like I've championed Canton as much as I possibly could, but I think it really says more about Canton than it does Maroon Five that that show didn't sell out. What? And the reason I say that is. You know, we kind of we kind of had this conversation of like, well, what's going on here? Why are we doing this? And I looked into some of these numbers here. This is Maroon 5's last tour. Like it wrapped up in mid 2017, so it's been a year plus since they went out on a major road tour. Um, but they sold out Portland. They sold out St. Louis. They sold out Lincoln. They sold out Boise. They sold out Seattle. They sold out Sacramento. They sold out Oakland. They sold out Milwaukee. And then they didn't sell out Cleveland. So if you're selling out the Oracle, you know what I'm saying? If you're selling wow. out the Oracle, where 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 you're in the middle of the bay, you know, all the entertainment in the world, all the all the and like Do plenty of competition for an entertainment dollar in San Francisco, yeah. Right. So yeah. if you so if you can do that, and I don't know what this says about Canton, but it says something more about Canton that you can sell out all these venues, but you can't sell out Canton. And, dude, it just goes to the wow. same old, well, we don't have anything here. Nothing ever happened here. We don't have anything here. No, you don't go to anything here, dude. So many national touring acts have rolled through this city recently in the past tenure of this show, dude. I would forget them all. I know I would. I could sit here and try to make the list. But national touring acts, eh, nothing to do here. Nothing to do. Didn't sell out Pitbull. Didn't sell out Kid Rock Toby Keith. Didn't sell out Maroon 5, dude. That's on us. That's on us. Yeah. Let's combat the the easy comebacks I know are coming via social media. Well, ticket prices. Right. But there are more than enough people with enough money to go to Maroon 5. And so what you're saying to me is it's not that Canton doesn't have anything going on. It's I don't have $35. That's what you're saying to me. Right. Okay, so that's not that's not on me. That's not on, on, on the entertainment avenues in this town. That's on you that's for on not you. having 35 bucks. Dude. I would agree with that. Now. We'll address the Cleveland thing, because they didn't sell that out. Right. And people have been bitching that shows have been skipping Cleveland forever. It's the rock capital, and my favorite band's not coming. Right. Cleveland has been a poor ticket-buying city for a while now. Since I worked there. I was bitching about this then. You're a poor ticket-buying city. You just are. You just don't support stuff. I worked at Peabody's in the Agora, and massive bands would come through, and th- sometimes you'd be like, why is nobody... What? What? Where? Where is everybody? And it's just because, dude, we are a little. Dude, Tom Hanks has said this about Cleveland because that's where, dude, uh, that's where he made his bones. And he said, dude, if you can entertain them people, you can entertain everybody. They're hard. That's a hard area. Ohio's a hard area. Last tour sold out San Antonio, sold out New Orleans, sold out Miami, 
And the most impressive of all Do you know where these, they played in New Orleans? That wasn't the Superdome, was it? Because that place is massive. Um, the Smoothie King Center. Okay, I don't know where that is. With, with, and they, they sold 14,000 plus there. So That's it's probably, huge. Oh, it's, you know, it's probably their equivalent of the Q or whatever. Yeah, and you got to remember that, like, yeah, 20,000 plus for a basketball game sellout. Concert sellouts are considerably smaller Yeah, they there. block out sections. Right. There's stages in the center. But most impressive out of all these numbers, San Antonio, Portland, major cities, all these different things, dude. Uh, sold out Madison Square Garden selling 30,000 tickets. They, they are 100... So they're still the draw. They are 100% a Super Bowl halftime worthy band. There's no question in my okay. mind. The fact that we couldn't sell it out, once again, that's the Hall of Fame city. That's not that's not Maroon 5. Yeah, dude. I was making it too easy. I was like, dude, at the NFL, like you got to be looking at this like, wait, they didn't even want it for this. Why are we doing it for the for the bigger of the two things? So like, I, But yeah, you're right. It's not really about Maroon 5. It's about the fact that, honestly, we just, we just didn't... We just didn't step up. Nothing going on here. Everything sucks here. I hate well, being here. Let's not let's let let's bail the city out just a little okay. bit right here. All right. I mean, weren't they advertised that through? Well, hey, get it on the rock, mother people. That's the problem. I mean, were you using us to tell people? I mean, if you don't use the most listened to thing in the city, then maybe maybe it's not the city's fault. Maybe it's like, hey, poor planning went in in that. Maybe a little bit. So maybe it's too full. Maybe a little city. Maybe a little, ah, we went the wrong avenue there. All right. I don't know how to get us out of this trouble right now. <laughs> Sammy Hagar tickets is there now. It is. There it is. Red Rocker will get it done for us. Red Rocker might sell out. He might. October 17th, Hard Rock Roxino. You don't have to worry because we're going to give you your tickets for free right now. Let's uh, take caller 20, 1-800-243-7625 on those. You'll see Sammy. And we'll be right back with more Sam's Show. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys. Phantom from the Stansberry Show here. Checking in with my crystal clear vision. Thanks to my friends at the Rollholt Vision Institute. That's right. We're talking about 2020 vision here, baby. That's perfect. And you could be seeing the same way. All you have to do is reach out to the good folks at the Rollholt Vision Institute. So if you've been thinking about LASIK, dude, the first step is to get some facts. And they're all available to you at RollholtVision.com. You can take the self-evaluation test. You can check out some of the financing options. Or maybe you just want a better picture of what LASIK actually is. Well, it's all right there for you. All you have to do is visit that website. Like I said, it is RollholtVision.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRKK.com. Uh, there's something coming to high school bathrooms. We'll tell you all about that coming up at 9.30. Good, dude. I've been waiting to get outraged this morning. I don't know what it is, but I bet you I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. High school bathrooms. Okay. 9.30. All right. So, Fantone is a little anti-sobriety um, checkpoint. Yes, 100%. You feel like these are infringing on your rights as a human. Correct. As an American, yes. That I have the right to to go about my business within my property without you stopping me for no reason and treating me like a criminal. Now, I had always been one of those, well, I don't care. I'm not driving drunk, whatever. Just do it. But again, that's how they get you. Mm-hmm. Is by by you just like just by like casually just like giving in small step, small step before you know it. Now there's like, you know, there's guys with M16 standing out of where you work. You got to be careful with that stuff. So you're not wrong. Okay? And I believe not only did we do we did the math here in Stark County. We didn't do it. Somebody else did the math, and we read the math. Stands <laughs> ratio <Sandsbury laughs> calculators. We got that little green hat on. Yeah, it's us. No, the Canton okay. Rep. The Canton Rep did the math and gave it to us. Um, and all of us. It was in the paper 
that wasn't it like something at like nine months of sobriety checkpoints here? They caught like eight DUIs. Yeah, it was it was really bad numbers. And now you can definitely make the point of well, one DUI off the streets is then that's more than enough for me. But like, especially because people can die. But like, what is that monetary? What is that time spent? What is that equation where it evens out? Because it's like, well, how much did it cost to do all those? How many? You know what I'm you saying? You know, there's some inner workings on that that I'd be interested to find out. And actually, tomorrow morning, nine o'clock, we'll be able to because Canton Police Officer Lamar Sharp will be in the studio tomorrow. Oh, nice. At nine o'clock, there's a movie coming out all about Lamar Sharp, and so uh, we've invited him in tomorrow, nine o'clock. Canton Police Officer Lamar uh, will be on the air with us nine o'clock. People love him. He always does really well with us. So. Uh, you know, that will be tomorrow. Now, I bring all this up, sobriety checkpoint up. Now, this was China, I believe, is where this happened. They're calling it a province, and I can't pronounce it, so it sounds like China to me. That's, let's all just pretend that's where it was. Right? Let's just pretend. All right. That's where it goes. Okay? So a guy's going down the street, and he sees, like, the cops starting to pull people over right. for a sobriety checkpoint. Now, he wanted to avoid getting in trouble. So he gets out of his van at the side of an exit, runs across the highway, jumps over the median, and trying to get out of like this situation. He tries to catch a cab, can't do it, so he jumps down from the overpass, wow. trying to get away from a sobriety checkpoint. Wow. Now you got to ask yourself, why is Stansbury telling me this story? He doesn't even know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> he can't pronounce the province of which it came from. Zhu Zhaojing. Is, I, right. I'm guessing. I'm just saying stuff. Right? Now, there's a reason why I'm telling you the story. And it's the twist right here. The cops find him with a broken leg, which I think he got away lucky from jumping down off an overpass. Oh, yeah, he got a little dude. lucky. He had been drinking the night before. But not the day. He was worried his alcohol content from the night before would register, which, by the way, morning DUIs are on the rise because of this. You think because you slept, you're sober now. It's not true. Alcohol leaves the body at the rate it leaves the body. No matter what you've done to your body, alcohol leaves that at that rate. Just keep that in mind. One drink per hour is normally the good rule of thumb depending on your body size. But this idiot, they took him to the hospital and tested him. He was perfectly sober. Registered as zero. What? Blood alcohol content of zero, but he was so worried that he drank enough the night before he was going to register. Oh. Yeah. So the guy jumps out over the overpass, breaks his leg, and for not. I mean, I don't know what the consequence of running from the police in China is. I would assume that it's pretty bad, and I'm going to assume that it's worse than a DUI. I I, I don't know any of that, but I would would assume... So why wouldn't you just? I bet take, they cane people over there, right? Why wouldn't you just take it on the chin, dude? Oh, dude, in the in the in the in the in the, in the land of China, who knows what those punishments That's are? That's bad advice, dude. Somebody gave that to Lisa Ann. She's been doing it thirty years now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Once you start taking it on the chin, I think you're dude, you're pigeonholed. I, I, I typecast. I, I really would just assume though that like. Yeah, anytime you deal with cops, and even if you're not doing something illegal, we all have that tense. Like, Oh that, God! That that pity your stomach moment, even when that, that traffic light comes oh, on, dude. The best feeling in the world is a world. But the, the but the second one, honestly, is lights on and they drive right by dude. your car. Oh God, it's the best feeling in the world. Oh, thank you, God. Or Bro, whatever. like an eighty year old would get an erection over that. Like <laughs> those, dude. That's good times right there, dude. Cops should do that more. Like you know what I mean? Just like that, dude. That should be a cop like random acts of kindness. Like I'm gonna pull you over. Psych. No, I'm not.
That would be a good way. You know what? I'm talking Lamar into that tomorrow. Once I get him in here, I'm going to be like, dude, you know what you should do? Abuse your powers yeah, in your jobs. You totally should do it. I do it all the time. I still work here. <laughs> So Lamar Sharp in the studio with us tomorrow. I cannot wait. But yeah, dude, if you're in this, dude, by the way, if you try to avoid the sobriety checkpoint, it's not like they can't see you. They know they found this guy. You're busted. Or let's do this. Don't drink and drive. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9.30, we'll uh, tell you what's coming to your kid's high school bathroom. Okay. It's right around the corner. We'll do that. Adam Schefter tweeting out, Jarvis Landry, got to play. He okay. will play tonight against the Jets. Interested to see how that game goes. This is a game they can win. I was going to say, especially if Jarvis Landry's playing, that helps considerably. Oh, for sure it Considerably. Does. That's the best pickup we've made in a while. I love that guy. Um, seems to have his mind and heart in the right place on how to do it. Um, wants to lead by example, ready to take the role on of, of taking ownership of that offense. I mean, you saw it in, in Hard Knocks. Todd Haley said to him, I don't I don't buy into this knight in the shining armor. Translation, Josh Gordon. This needs to be your o- offense, Jarvis. And again, I said it then. I said it during Hard Knocks. That's from a guy from a Super Bowl culture. That's from a guy who's come from winning cultures. And that's the way he's doing it. Well, the rest of the guys are like, the Eagles landed and we're so excited. And it's like, dude, they're a mess. They're still a complete and utter mess. But I think that they can win tonight. I don't think you do, but I think you can win this game. Do you think we open the victory fridges? Ah, uh, no, I don't. I agree with you on the assessment, though, if you can. Um, and there's going to be a couple of things that have to happen there. I think, first and foremost, the run game is going to have to continue to develop as time goes on Agreed. here. I, I, it was it was very frustrating game one, and I think you saw a couple of like glimpses of hope in game two. So game three is probably going to have to be take some of the take some of the pressure off Taylor to win that game and 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 get Carlos Hyde the ball and get those get those dudes you know Duke Johnson the ball give them the Ability to make an impact on the game. I like Carlos Hyde a lot. I'm starting to like him a lot. I, I think I think they have a good thing going in their run game, or the potential for a good thing going there. So that's going to be a, a first step, or at least a step I think on offense. It's going to be most important. But I think the most overall important thing that the Browns are going to be able to do tonight to win this game. Um, is to get into Sam Darnold's face as much as humanly possible. Any quarterback, but yes, he's a rookie. Get in there, get him discombobulated, and who knows what can happen. Two two game in rookie too. I mean, yeah, this is a guy. Sure. This is a guy yes. who, at the end of the day, regardless of how he's performed the past two weeks, the game's still too fast for him. And it's still like whoa, 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 whoa. Little young came out of college probably a year before he should have. I thought for sure he was going to go back and play at USC again. So there's also that. Now I don't necessarily think that because this is the case over the first two games, it'll be the case over the entire season. But the Browns lead the NFL. In in turnovers, and if you're going to be that team, you have to make those turnovers count. You have to turn those into points, which they've struggled with. So get in his face, make him throw a pick, make him fumble the ball, and when you do, you got to capitalize on that. Agreed. But we saw in his first game what happens when he goes out there and he throws a pick. This is quarterback stuff right here. What do you do after that? 196, 16 for 21, two touchdowns. That's what he did. He bounced right back because that's what quarterbacks do. Peyton Manning talked about that all the time. I'm going to throw picks, but then I'm the guy who can go right back out there and throw for a touchdown. 
That's quarterback stuff. You've got to be able to rip that page out of the notebook and just keep going down the field. That's life stuff, dude. That is one of the things I think that most people in the world could really, really take a lesson from professional athletes. Take your L and move forward. And move forward. Learn from it and move forward. Agreed. It, it, people, people just have a very, very hard time doing that. And then you do it in a position like that. Dude, you're a professional athlete. And, dude, you know, like I said, the game's too fast for you and all this crap. That'd be a, ter- a perfect time to be a mental midget. But you're right. I mean, he was able to do it once. The Browns have to try to prevent that from happening again. I want to go back to the to the first hour of the show, if we could. Um, I opened the show this way, and I wanted to address this again because I've been taking messages on it all morning. Okay. And there's two schools of thought on this. But yesterday, I found myself in the studio, and something came across my Facebook page, and it was from a partner of ours at the radio station, the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. And we do an event with them every year called Long Haul Against Hunger. We'll be doing it soon. I believe it's going to be early December. I don't necessarily know the date yet. I don't think that they have finalized that just yet. But we're getting closer and closer to that. But anyway, they posted this thing, and I'm friends with them on Facebook. And I went there during my vacation, did some things. And so, dude, I just donated some money, right? And then, like, so I left here, and it wasn't very much. It was $25. Not a lot, right? Not a lot. And then I left here, and I was, like, going to go do some shopping or whatever. And I'm pulling out of Walmart on Tusk there, and there's a guy with a sign that says homeless veteran. So I took a $10 bill out of my pocket, and I gave it to the dude, right? And then I went online, and I kind of said, hey, you know, I donated money to a charity, and then I gave money to this guy, and it felt great all day, and you would too. Because the reality is, you would feel good. Well, no matter what you think, you would. Well, I mean, they're hustling me, and I don't know what they're doing with the money. Who cares? Like, let's, let, let's do this. Let's say that I'm wrong, okay? And let's say that I'm wrong on religion and all this stuff, and God is right. Do you think when you get up there on Judgment Day, he's going, well, you gave money to the wino, and that's not good? No. He's going to say, she, maybe. I don't know. I'm not there. I don't know what God is, right? That... You tried to do the right thing. That, you know, that's what I'm hoping that happens. That if I'm wrong on God, that when I get up there on Judgment Day, he goes, you know what? You didn't believe. You weren't totally on my side, but you tried to do the right thing. You tried to live by the teachings I had that fit for you. And that you tried to do right by your fellow man. So, dude, even though you were wrong on me, get your ass in here. That's kind of what I'm hoping. And I don't buy into this, well, they're going to buy booze. Who cares? This is my point on that. Their life is hard and mine's easy. And if I can make the next half hour of their life easy with a $10 bill, then go with God, bro. Take the money and go do what you're going to do. Here's the other thing. God knows I've spent enough of my money on drugs. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I, I can't make it through a day without it. So yeah, how do I expect him to? you worked for it. Right. I worked for it. So I'm allowed to do what I want with it. Right. And now let's address this one. Well, you know, I mean, if you keep giving them stuff, they're never going to do stuff for themselves. This was a 70-year-old man who ain't going to do anything for himself. And he, who's hiring him? Nobody. Nobody. Uh, do you feel like, would you feel this same way, the, I don't care what they do with it, if it was, number one, more money. Let's say I gave you 500 bucks to say, hey, you go pay your rent with this, and we're going to get you back in your house, and it turns out he spends it on drugs. Is that going to upset you? And number two, if it was a charity. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to put the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank name anywhere around this. Five for it's, five. It, it's not. With the, with the charity watchdog right. or whatever that hill did. No, those do. they're on the up and up. They are on the up and up. So we'll put in a hypothetical charity here of like, okay, now I gave you this money and now you're spending it in if a frivolous or- way. If an organization took advantage of me financially like that, yes. Because that's an organized situation where you're trying to fleece me. Even if you're trying to fleece me for a $10 bill, asking for change outside of the store, here's what I know. Do you want to wake up tomorrow, even if you have to or not, and have to ask people for things? No. What if it's not booze that he's spending on? What if it's him living his lifestyle in the sense of, I saw that guy come out of a BMW? 
pay, pay him, he's making more money than me standing on the street corner. Okay, I've seen that on Facebook too. I think that's probably what two or three stories, maybe. I don't think that that's going to be the norm. It's relatively rare. I, it's, would I would say it's relatively rare. And would I be happy to find that out? No. But again, between me and the universe, I still think I get what I'm looking for, which is yeah, that one's not so bad. He's all right. And dude, I don't know what I believe in ultimately at all. But I do kind of can believe in the system of, well, if you do good, you should get good, right? Like, I, I don't know if it'll work not or not, but, but dude, the better you try to live your life, I would hope the better opportunities. Okay, well, here again, and I've probably been talking about this a little too much lately, but I changed my life over the last two years. And sure enough, I met a great girl because I'm different. I've been doing different things. I've been going different places. I've been doing more. Th- I've been working. And so, dude, I met a different kind of person. So, dude, if you do, if you change who you are, if you be, do be better, get better is pretty much exactly how I'm trying to live. Yeah, I don't necessarily buy into karma. I don't necessarily think that like there's it's a, a little childish, that there's but, a a balanced scale of the universe where it's like you do one good and one good comes back I to you. It's even. But, but 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 I mean like I do believe that if What's you it hurt? if you well if you do push-ups today you'll get muscles tomorrow. So like there is a little bit of it's not karma necessarily, but doing positive is going to reward you in some in some way there. Um Well the reward is watching somebody else be happy too. Like it, if that's not enough of a reward for you then don't do it. Do you feel that do you feel like the way you worded this was a part of the reason why people came at you about this and what, felt like you were self-serving good? that you would feel better okay i did this now if you did this you'd feel better yeah i think that might be a part of the problem is and i don't think this is what True. you intended but this there was like a, a, a like a, like an accusation out there of like you're not doing this you're not doing your your share uh i okay again i believe that's how somebody wanted to read it yeah because, again, I think what happens there is, you know why people get angry? is because it's me holding a mirror up. And you go, oh, God, I have never done that. Or, man, I don't do that enough. And it's a reminder. And so that's where the anger comes from. Like, again, one of the first comments was like, you know, I have seven kids. I can't believe. Dude, I'm not saying you have to go do this. But you cannot deny the fact that if you took a $5 bill out of your pocket and handed it to somebody who could never repay you, that you would feel good. You will feel good about it. There's no denying that. I'm not accusing you of anything. But to pretend that you wouldn't feel positive about the rest of your day after that is a lie. I've done it too many times to know. Like, so, dude, quit feeling attacked and just, and dude, like, you know, charity's best left unsaid. What kind of dumbassery is that? How are we ever going to grow stuff like that? It do, it's Like I said earlier, I mean, it's been around since biblical times. This concept of humility, this concept of like you doing good in the dark. I don't because I, I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, I think av- I, think they, I don't want to say average, but I think person to person. Sorry, but I think person to person. Yes. But when you have a tremendous amount of influence the way I do. That every once in a while, you know what, a little a little poke in the side of people like, hey man, let's all try to be a little bit better. Now, yes, I'm gonna what I'll say about that is everyone on some level has some level of influence. So like, well then should we all be responsibly welding that? Should we all be all be using it in that fashion? Maybe. Um and I guess, but here's the thing is like, are you taking what you view as, hey, this is positive, this is what and like shoving it in other people's faces? Like I know recently you've been like, Kevin Love, shut up enough, dude. We get it. I mean, is somebody having that same reaction to you? Sure. But Kevin Love's not shutting up because I find him annoying. Right? My thing with Kevin Love is a lot of therapists will tell you if you had debilitating anxiety, you could never become Kevin Love. People are starting to deny these things. Like, we have turned this country in now. Is that If you say you have something or if you suffer from something, we're not allowed to question you. 
And at some point, you are going to build an excuse-based system because of that. Because you're not allowed to judge. Well, you questioned them. You're re-victimizing them all. No, 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 no. I'm asking you to clarify what the situation is. Because we've turned mental illness into a pretty wide umbrella. Notice Josh Gordon had mental illness and was out on a practice field in front of cameras for like the last two days up in Foxborough. You see what I'm saying? Because Josh Gordon said, I have mental illness and you're not allowed to question anybody anymore. So we just got snowed because of it. So like, I do want people held accountable and I find Kevin Love to be a little annoying about it. Cause I don't, I think Kevin Love's a little anxious. Yes. But if he had debilitating anxiety, I don't think you can become Kevin Love. As a matter of fact, many psychologists will tell you, you cannot become Kevin Love with that. And that through maybe through a ton. Now he's got a ton of money. So if he worked on it, found the right medication, maybe. But like growing up in his life, how the hell did you become a star high school athlete like that? Like there's there's there are therapists who will tell you you can't do that. Now, I'm not saying they're right, but there are plenty of medical professionals out there that are like, dude, people are running around saying they have anxiety when they don't. It's just you're socially awkward. But we've created this system now where you can't question anybody when they say they have something. Otherwise, you're the jerk. And in reality, I think people are just going to start going, you know what? I have this. I have this. I have this. You're not allowed to question me, and you're going to be able to get people out of stuff. But at the end of the day, I don't think you can demonize somebody for taking money out of their pocket, giving it to somebody less fortunate than them. What kills me is the same people that want to knock me forward at Christmas time are going to be talking about how everybody should do it. Why does snow have to be on the ground and Santa on the roof for you to decide to be decent? Or for you for it, for it to be okay for me to be decent? Why does that have to be a thing? I also donate at the checkout line at the grocery store when they ask, hey, do you want to donate this money? Yes. Hey, we're doing $2 for muscular dystrophy at the bank. Yeah, fine. Take it. I, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. If, if, if your first reaction is to knock somebody down after doing something good, I would really go home and examine where that comes from. And there's another woman who was like, I've seen too many episodes of intervention to pass out that money. Yeah, dude, reality shows have screwed up this country. I talked about this. People watch Bar Rescue think they can save bars. No, you can't. You don't know a goddamn thing about a bar, and you don't know anything about addiction because you watch intervention either. It's a reality TV show made to entertain you. If that that's your insight to addiction. You don't know anything. More Sansbury shows right around the corner. And the thing that's coming to your high school kids' bathroom. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansbury Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Listen Football season is here, and Bell Stores Marathon has all your game day needs. You'll be the MVP for keeping your family and your vehicle game ready. Make Bell Stores an essential part of your game day ritual and get everything you need for a victory in one stop. Bell Stores, keeping your team on full. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Mike writes in and says, Stansbury, I've loved you for years. Man, you're more negative than ever. You used to skirt that line in a funny way. Might be time to put an end to it. I'm negative for, for telling people to stop harassing me for giving out my money. Mike, let me just, dude, I'll tell you the same thing I've told everybody else. If an end is needed, then you walk away. But if you think I'm walking away from this because you think I'm negative, you're out of your goddamn mind. You walk away, not me. Let's retire, dude. F it, right? I'm done. Are you done? Let's go. Damn, dude. Oh. So this is the problem with social media. It's like, well, I have the ability to say what I want, so I'm just going to say what I want. Ugh. Ugh. All of it. 
I need to take these things back off my phone. Hey, you do, man. I do. You do. I do. I need to just stop giving away so much of my life outside of the studio. Because every time I do it, I just honestly, it just it comes back and bites me in the ass. I try to give you guys as much as you, uh, access and as much as, hey, here's what's going on, this and that. And every time I do it, it just never works out the way it should. Never does. So I've been promoing this all morning, and we need this. And this is what's coming to high school bathrooms nationwide. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, because they're the same thing, are staging a massive education campaign aimed at 11 million teens at risk for smoking use. But this is e-cig use. Okay. For the first time, the agency will take the message that vaping is dangerous in the high school bathrooms and social media feeds of those at-risk youth to stop what the FDA is calling an epidemic of e-cigarette use by minors. It's because we've told minors these lo- these these lies. Safer than smoking. Less harmful. You don't know that yet. It might end up being that, but you don't know that right now. It took how long before we figured out, before somebody went, huh, I bet these cigarettes aren't real good, right? How long did it take for that to happen? Well, and I I don't think that just because it's not as bad as smoking, which I will agree to, but that doesn't mean that it's good. You know what I mean? Like, that, 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 okay, well, it's not as bad as smoking. That doesn't mean you want your teenager doing it. So they're going to start warning the kids about this. The trend had been flagged back in 2016, a report from the U.S. Surgeon General, which cited a 900% increase in e-cigarette use by high school students between 2011 and 2015. Now, wouldn't at least a part of that be... is Because they, be- they started to come out? Yeah, they became more popular, yeah. therefore you could do more. And if you're young and aren't thinking about it, you're like, oh, well, that's better than smoking, so I'll just do that instead. Like you, it, that, it, It's an easy thing to kind of try to fool yourself that you're doing something better. Yeah, yeah. I, to me... I think when I was smoking in like high school and when that I wanted to do it because it was so dangerous. So to me, there's a little bit of like, well, if you're trying to be a badass, what are you doing? What are you smoking a jewel for, bro? Go, go, go light one up. Like, dude, get one and get a heater. I think that. Yeah, but that's that's the difference in the era in which you grew up in. Now, I don't do kids don't want to be badasses now. Male machismo. Tough. No, 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 no. It's hands across America now, bro. These kids don't want to be dangerous. They don't. Their rock stars are in bed at midnight with their Kindle. These kids don't want to be dangerous. It's not like when we grew up. They say here the FDA commissioner does. Dr. Scott Gottlieb says we're in possession of data that shows a disturbingly sharp rise in the number of teens using e-cigs in just the last year. He says, in short, no good news. I mean, the the the, the truth campaigns kind of worked, right? The the, yeah. the 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 stop smoking truth campaigns, which the cigarette companies paid for, by the way, kind of had to. They were dragged into it, but they're the ones that paid. They're the ones that were running those commercials, ironically. But that if you use that kind of stuff, maybe it'll work. Now it's weird because just say no didn't work for my generation. But somehow those truth campaigns. Now I know that's drugs versus nicotine and all that, but. It seems like younger people are more perceptive to like, all right, you're not just an adult telling me what not to do, that maybe there maybe you are telling me the real thing here. Just say no was too broad brushed. Um, I usually like big picture stuff, um, but it was putting all drugs into the same category together, which was very easy to look at and see the see the problems with it. Where when it comes to smoking cigarettes, it's very everyone knows, dude. Your lungs are gonna get effed up. Everyone knows somebody who's uh, your uncle can't breathe, right? Has COPD, right? So like, I think that's at least part of the problem that happened there. Okay. Um. So. 
you would think that okay, well now we're making these these strides with the with the with the the end or the the, the campaign to stop smoking, but like, are we really? If people are just vaping, if teenagers are just vaping, is it? Is it I, I don't know if I can market that as success. Then it's still a nicotine product. Yeah, claiming a victory there does seem a little yeah. like premature. Mission accomplished. Right. Well, I seems mean, seems very much like that. Well, to me, it very much seems like, all right, well, you know, I stopped doing this drug and now I'm doing this drug instead. Therefore, it's a win. And it's like, I don't know about that. In January, it'll be six years since I have smoked a cigarette. Six years. And last night, I was on my back patio having drinks and I wanted one so bad. That monkey is never off your back, bro. Ever. My mom, to this day, my mom quit smoking before I was born. To this day, she says about twice a week she wants one. That's how hard it is. And the problem with giving something up, we've been talking addiction a little bit this morning. The problem with it is, dude, is that you hit milestones and your, your body says, well, dude, like, we did it. See, you can do it. So obviously you can quit. You can have one more. You can do this. See, look how easy this is. And it's not easy. And dude, But the mind will play tricks on you. God, the ghetto boys were good. But like the mind will play tricks on you. And it'll tell you that, you know what I mean? Like when I hit five years, I was like, well, I did it, right? Like, what do I get? Like I was waiting for confetti to fall out of the sky no in like a parade. And there's nothing that happens. You just have to continue to do the right thing. But if I were a parent of a high school kid, I want these kind of warnings in the bathroom. For sure I do. I, uh, and, and if I was a parent of somebody vaping or like e-cigging, I would not want my kid doing this. And you can talk to me about safer, and I know the people that mix that juice in the back of their own shops, they're going to try to tell me it's safer, and this and that. Maybe now, but the studies will start to come out. We've seen popcorn long out of Harvard. We've seen these things. Dude, enough information's been out there. Dude, it's not that good for you. It's got to be tough as a parent where, like, my parents knew when I came out when reeked like cigarettes what happened. They 100%. They were like, okay. Well, now you can vape weed, and you don't even you don't know even your know. kid was smoking weed. You don't even know, dude. That's got to be tough. That does. Yeah, man. Remember when you could just lock a liquor cabinet and go to your neighbor's party? Not anymore, man. Times, they are a-changing. Kiss announced their farewell tour. Third one. They did this last night. We've been uh, playing you a couple of songs all morning. We'll continue with a uh, with Heaven's on Fire next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. I'm not sure uh, Fantone even knows about this yet, as I just posted the photo at uh, Facebook.com slash the Stansberry Show there. Now, I don't know if this is what happened, but I'm just going to guess. So I was in the hallway, and uh, our engineer was coming into the building. So then he goes, Stansberry, would you like to explain something to me? I was like, what did I break now? I didn't break anything. Right. I promise. I didn't break anything. He goes, um, there's a soda bottle right out in front of the front door with a little soda left in it. And I was like, so? Like, cares? It's like, um, the cap is on it and resting on top of the cap is a roach. Now, see, he as he plays you that, I'm in work mode. So I assumed he meant bug and then I was like I don't drink soda dude that's not gonna be me he's like no but you smoke roaches don't you and I was like oh that's what you mean I was like oh god that's what you mean like I felt like an idiot and I was like no 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 no, dude never well first of all never at work ever like let's just uh, let's be honest that's the fastest way to get fired don't want to do that and Fantone and I are both dumb but we're not suicidal 
Like, we're not going to cut our lives out. And so I posted it, and I just said, look, if you come here to pick up tickets, come get them. But don't leave roaches in the parking lot, man. Like, don't do that. You're going to get us in trouble, man. Yeah, and if I was going to be smoking weed... Under the wheel well of our cars, you guys. What are you doing? If I was going to be smoking weed at work, I wouldn't be smoking weed up at the front door. I, ne- I, like, I literally never use that door. No, like, you don't use that door. I don't, I don't come in that way. I don't leave that way. I don't have any... And what kind of pop is that? What is this green... What, what is this? I think it's one of those new flavored uh, like iced tea juice type things. <sighs> okay. All right. I uh I I can I don't know who it was. I can claim it wasn't me. I know that for a fact. I want to thank Anthony for taking the time to write and says, Sansbury, don't let people get you down, man. You're doing you're you're doing good stuff. Show's still great, you're still great. Thank you for you know going out there and helping people out. We appreciate it. Thanks, Anthony. Says, you know, keep rocking. We appreciate you, Anthony. I kind of needed that one today. I uh, I am a little guilty, man, of, of of sometimes letting people like, you know, drag me down a little bit. And especially when I'm trying to do the right thing. Like if you just dislike something I said, I mean that's one thing. But when you try to tear me down because I was trying to do something good, like that, honestly, man, it is. It's going to probably piss me off. Uh, to me, and I mean, like, that, those people are always going to exist, and haters going to hate, 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 hate for sure. Shake them off. Um, you do have to shake them off. Be done with it, dude. I mean, like, the, the core of all this isn't what you did. It wasn't even people's opinions of you. It's how they were able to get to you. Right. And, like, I, I know there's going to have to always be a level of, yeah, I have to do this for work. But not as much as I do. But you don't, dude. Not like this. Not like this you no, certainly don't. I and don't. Like, no, honestly, most hosts are unapproachable at all via this stuff. They don't respond. They don't do any of this stuff. And I just try to be different because I just, first of all, I don't want any separation between me and you. Between me and the audience. I don't want any separation. I'm not any different than you. I just got lucky. That's it. I just got lucky. So I've always tried to run these rooms like that and just not try to. But honestly, people have told me, even in this career, my bosses are like, dude, you need to create more separation between you and the audience so they feel like you're more special. I don't even think it's exclusive to this line of work. I think that most people in situations where they're using social media find discomfort from it. There's yeah. some sort of headache from it. And with you, it's worse than most. So it's like, man, just you're, it just you're, you bums me out. Y- y- it does. There's no doubt. And it shouldn't have to be this way. But if you really want what's best here, it's like, yeah, I'm it, walking away. Yeah. You're going to have to. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to start. And actually my girl and I were talking about this last night. She goes, this is what I think you need to do. She's like, you're right. You can't cut people off. You're going to have to give it to them. She's like, what you need to start doing a better job of doing. She was right. Is she goes, you never looked at that the entire time you were on vacation. She goes, so you can do it. She goes, it wasn't because the apps weren't on your phone. You could have easily re-downloaded them. She's like, you went into the office three times while you were on vacation, and you didn't check it from your computer. You can do this. She goes, so what you need to do, we were at lunch, which took me to Idaho and Akron yesterday, which, by the way, oh my God, was that good. And, uh, and she just said, she's like, why can't you post and then not go look? She goes, well, I don't understand why you feel like you have to comment. She's like, that's where you get mad. That's where you lose it. And and it is. It's something I got to work on. I got to get better at it. It's definitely a personality flaw for sure. I mean, nobody's perfect, least of all me. So there, there it is. Before we get out of here, Thursday night, Browns in action, color rush uniforms. I actually think they look pretty good. Uh, Jets, Browns. Fantone, who wins? Give me a score. Jets win... 28 to 10. Ooh, we're pretty close here. Jets win 2017. Aside from that, we're done. Mark Munch Bishop on the show with us tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Canton Police Officer Lamar Sharp on the air with us tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Aside from that, you guys have a great day. Go Browns. See ya. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.